Bearcat Bounce Podcast back at it again. Woo-hoo! I am Brent Young. And you know what? As always, very special, very, uh, very tastefully joined by not one, not two, but three. I'm going to call them handsome men because tonight we're all handsome. We are all handsome. First off, got to start with the OGs, Aaron Smith, Chad Brennell. Aaron, Chad, how are we? Top of the world, man. Top of the world. If I was any better, I'd be twins. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. But I'm just saying, that's how good I am. Okay. Okay. I, I had, I had galactic that. fried chicken for dinner tonight. Oh, nice. Tasty. It's awesome. It's fantastic. Now, now bourbon in the cup. And you continue and for the BBP. There we go. Fantastic. But without further ado, we're joined by the ultimate. Uh, OG, I we're we're gonna give him that. We're gonna give him goat. We're gonna give him uh, plenty wheel. of things. But the main thing I'm gonna give him is the head strength and conditioning coach for the number four in the college football playoff poll. That means the Cotton Bowl invitees. That means the Cincinnati Bearcats heading to Jerry World. To take on the Alabama Crimson Tide, the man, myth, legend, and ultimate escape artist whenever I try and find him on the field after wins, Brady Collins. Brady, how are we? Doing good, my man. How's everybody doing? Hopefully everybody's recovered and uh, excited. And You know what? I mean, what an opportunity we have here, right? Huh? How about that? You like that? You like that? How about them Bearcats? They said it couldn't be done, Brady. You know what? There's always naysayers, and that's why we were put on this earth to prove them wrong. Yeah. And and you know what, Brady? From the get-go, you were you were always against the naysayers. I you're you're uh let's see, uh, confidence is a good word for it. Your confidence on every BVP was was more than evident. And you know what you were also confident in? And Chad, Aaron, and myself building up the BBP to the point where we have a title sponsor. So yet again, we gotta mention them. Good old Danco Transmissions and Auto Care. It's a family-owned since 1970 in Fairfield. It's near Jungle Gyms. I'm proud to support them as they are proud to support the Bearcats and the BBP. Mention the BBP, and you know what? Mention Brady Collins too, and you'll get ten dollars off for any oil change or service. Danco Transmissions and Auto Care. Thank you, Danco, and thank you, Cincinnati Bearcats. Saturday was something that I, I don't think you can really duplicate. And uh, man, it was special. It was simply special. Brady, I, I, I have to dive right into it. Clock's ticking down. Houston gets the ball back. They run one play, pick up a first down, so the clock stops. That kind of, kind of, you know, gets us ready. You know, and all of a sudden that final play clock hits zero pandemonium fans rush the field. The team, the team that that set the goals of winning championships, competing for championships, turning from the top 10 team to a top 10 program. Did it again. Back to back AAC champions. Man, what was going through your mind? Where were you? What exactly did you do? Did you did you rush onto the field just as fast as everyone else? Tell me what Brady Collins was doing right as the clock hit zero. 
I mean, yeah, you know, you kind of in certain situations near the end of the game, you know, I'm kind of at the middle of the field, the 50 yard line. Cause you know, normally at the end of a game, that's what, you know, I don't know if it's an accustomed old school thing, but you know, yeah, the head coaches will run, they'll shake hands, but kind of where you would meet the other head strength coach. So, you know, I was anticipating that happening, but then you could kind of sense and feel the crowd was going to explode. And, you know, I had heard of preparations that were made for, you know, the post-game celebration had there been a field rush and obviously there was, and rightfully so, I mean, there should have been, you know, you go 13 and 0 back-to-back champs, do something that's never been done. I mean, let's do it. Let's get, let's get rowdy. But, uh, you know, I was right there, clocked it zero, you know, embrace with uh, Coach Fick a little bit. Um, you know, if anything, I think, uh, and I don't want to sound, uh, you know, um, soft by any means, but we'll just say, you know, I think when those lights came out, when everybody was on their phones, I mean, I know we did that back in 2019 UCF, but I don't know what it was when, when that thing lit up and you just kind of like knew you know, you're like, wow, this is it. We did it. And uh, just so much emotion started like, you know, running through you. And, um, but I just wanted to, I wanted to embrace Coach Fick, you know, obviously how proud I was and how honored I am to be a part of it and all that stuff. I yelled at him, you know, we built this shit because, <laughs> you know, I've been saying that for like the past couple of weeks, been playing um, the the hit song, We Built This City by Starship. It was one of the songs in the room the guys were dancing to. Um, you know, just so much pride in it, all that, and just so proud of the boys. But, you know, again, once it hit zero, I set him up for the for the ice bath. He got his ice bath. I ran out to midfield. I was finding my guys, chest bumping them, jumping up and down, hitting Aaron, our head athletic trainer, who, you know, can't do all this stuff without him and his staff. And then, uh, you know, kind of got caught up in the moss for a little bit and random people, you know, going crazy and taking pictures and then, you know, finally found my family, which was the best thing. And I think, uh, I think once I saw my wife and, uh, I gave her a big hug, I think it kind of hit me a little bit. And, uh, I did, I got, I got, you know, emotional real quick and, you know, I was fortunate. I had, uh, my family was there, my parents, uh, my wife's parents that have been at every game, they were there. And obviously my kids, you know, they were all jacked up, but it was, man, it was, a, it was a cool feeling. It was a cool night. Um, definitely something I'll never forget. Aaron? Uh, so, you know, I mean, you got to, oh, there it is, Chad. <laughs> hey. Damn. Clifton Strong, baby. Clifton Strong, baby. That's a great song, boys. It's a great song. So Maybe that's you know, the new fourth quarter song. I'll give a little intro to that. So obviously I'm very well into my you know music knowledge and all that stuff. But I was driving into work. Um, you know, again, it's 4.30 something in the morning. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of like scrolling through uh, the stations and, uh, you know, normally it's on like ESPN radio or whatever. And uh, I just, you know, I, don't, I think it was like my XM radio popped on for like a little bit. And uh, it was like the 80s station came on. I clicked it 
and you know that song came on and it just like it like hit me right to my core i was like man this song's speaking to me man like you know just all the things that were happening at that time the position we were putting ourselves in mm-hmm. and uh then it carried over into the weight room and like anything any song that we carry over into there guys just tend to like it and vibe with it and uh so I appreciate that intro. I really do. That was nice. Well, and well, when Brady, it's kind of got that tempo to it too, where like you can get like hype and locked into it, but in the same sense, it's, it's got that kind of slower vibe to it where you can really get in your mental and be like, yep, we really did that. And that's we really did that. That's, that's what I love about the eighties. You know, that's what I love about the eighties. Fair enough. So as we talk about songs though, that's the loudest I've ever heard pump it up inside Nippert stadium during the game also the loudest down the drive i've ever heard so what was that like as you're taking it all i mean you did you notice as a coach as you're standing there even as the game's going on this is the loudest we've ever heard nippert stadium oh 100 percent. i mean you know again we were i was even talking with my guys today you know the 2019 ucf game is always going to stand out mm-hmm. um you know because that's just it's a big monumental you know hurdle that we we achieved as a program here and really kind of set us up you know for all that stuff but it was i mean to say electric that's still not giving it enough credit like you know and i think that even the tv guys were saying you know there, there might be forty thousand here but it sounds like three hundred thousand. and you know i've been a i've been fortunate to to play at death valley to play in the swamp to be in the shoe at penn state Wisconsin, a bunch of you know big time hundred thousand plus stadiums that was the loudest I think I've ever heard. And it was just, it was electric from kickoff to field rush. I mean, it was, it was awesome. And, you know, I, I can't say enough to those fans and, you know, what they provide. Cause I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you guys, our guys, they feed off that man. They love it. We feed off it. And uh, just like when there's a big hit, a big run, a big catch, anything, the crowd gets into it, they get into it, they feed off it. It, it is, it's like the movie gladiator. You know, you're entertaining them and, uh, you know, you win the crowd, you win the game. Exactly. And uh, but it was, man, it gave me chills. I mean, there was there was a lot. Like I said, when those lights kind of came on, might have been like the first time probably all year besides the Notre Dame game. I just kind of looked around. I was like, wow, like just taking it all in because, you know, I even I even told my wife even today, I'm like, I don't think it's still really set in, you know, because. Sunday we had the senior banquet they got the selection show and then you know doing stuff with the kids and you know Christmas and all that kind of stuff and it's like when I take a moment like I still haven't really kind of like just taken a moment to let it like really sit in and it's uh it was it was awesome that environment it's the best I've ever ever been a part of you realize the lights were organic too like that wasn't planned that was something the fans just did and that's that's a testament to those fans, man. I mean, I remember in 2019, that was kind of like the thing. We're going to light up Nippert in the fourth. And that was, that was cool. And, uh, you know, it, I always say it. I, and uh, I know it's been a, a, a thread on the, uh, on, the, um, on the website, but, you know, the fourth quarter, when the shout thing comes on, I know it can kind of get old and all that stuff. I personally love the Ron Burgundy part. I love that. Um, and I, because it was a neutral site, even though that was a home game. Um, you know, we couldn't play that. But to see them kind of do that and to manifest out of just fan love, it was it was awesome. Yeah, for me as well, you know, we'll talk about emotions. I 
because I hit mine a couple of times. Um, but kind of the light thing, obviously, I, I was able to get get it on video, which is just awesome. And then all of a sudden, just seeing seeing the the field rush because I didn't know that was going to come. Uh, we we were kind of walking, getting ready to come onto the side. How did you not know the the, the fans were going to storm the field? They were chanting "Storm the field." Storm I, I sit up in the field. press box all day. I don't I don't have the luxury you do to be out on the field. So I was like standing, getting ready to go onto the field, and this this big burly man next to me said, "Hey man, are you going to go on the field soon?" And I was like, "I was like, hopefully they they let me through soon." Yeah, why? And he's like, "Because you're going to get trampled if you don't go soon." I was like, I was like, oh gosh, so this is happening. But for me, I got it. It hit me because last year against Tulsa, it was kind of you know, it was it was awesome, a great win. It was you know, but you the players didn't get to really feel the fan base alongside them like they did on Saturday. That's kind of what it got me was where you saw all these players dapping up and hugging, probably just random people they don't know, and it's just. That's that's a moment they didn't get to have last season when they accomplished a huge feat of winning a championship. This season they did. And I loved it. <laughs> really, really loved it. So uh I don't know. <laughs> Brady, you can't win football games without having big time players that win football games. Then Ritter closes his career 27 and all at Nippert Stadium. Did not lose. Zero blemishes out there on that turf at Nippert Stadium. That is that one of the more special stats and special accomplishments that you've really been a part of in your entire career? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's unreal. I mean, I, I give a, a speech to the guys every Thursday when we wrap up um, our walkthrough before we do a little primetime guns action. And, uh, you know, it was funny because I, I said it last year. I'm pretty sure I said it the year before, but I was like, you know, you seniors – you're going to walk out of this place the winningest class in UC football history, never losing at home. And then I said it again last Thursday. And then I, I challenged everybody and I said, I better be saying the same thing next year. And it's just, I mean, the dude is, we've talked about him relentlessly. Um, I'll talk about him till I'm a hundred years old. If I live that long, he uh, just everything that he embodies on and off the field. I mean, it's, he's a special human being and, for him to to never lose a game in the glorious field at Nippers, it's it's unbelievable. And I think I tweeted it out that night. Like it hit me at one time. I was just like, I know everybody knows this, but I'm just going to tweet it that Desmond Ritter's never lost at home. And that just you know, I just wanted to put it out there. Like, and yes, Desmond Ritter and a bunch of other guys have never lost at home. But for your starting quarterback to never lose at home, that's huge. It's huge. The guy's a winner. Uh, unbelievable leader and just, you know, so thankful that, you know, I've had these years with him and got to watch him grow and develop. And, you know, luckily we're not done. We're not satisfied. There's two more games left on the plate and uh, just, it, it, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It's crazy. How satisfying was it that, that it was this group that did this? Because, I, you know, we've talked about this group of guys, especially the, the seniors, the veterans for a long time. And there's still a couple holdovers that bought in and stayed. And there's the group that came in when, when Fick got the job. And then the 2018 group uh, that, you know, those guys, that the ones that played their freshman year that didn't redshirt. Like, how, how special is it internally 
that it was this group that was able to accomplish this. I mean, you couldn't have said any better. I mean, right away, the first two guys I think of, I mean, obviously, Curtis Brooks and Joe DeBlanco. And Marcus Brown's in there as well. But those guys, you know, they were red shirts when we stepped here, when we got here in January of 17. And the growth that they have made, the sacrifices, um, just everything on and off the field. And to see it all culminate and finish the way it did. And again, not finish, but just, you know, in Nippert, all those types of things. It's unreal. And then, you know, you throw on top of that your, your first recruiting class of Des Ritter, Kobe Bryant. I mean, just the alpha dog of all alpha dogs, um, you know, and you just sprinkle in so many other guys. Like you said, yeah, the 2018 class, you got Josh Wiley, Lenny T, um, Malik Van, you know, Javon Hicks, so many guys. And just, Maje. I mean, it, it hits you. Maje. I mean, whew, you know, and again, we're so fortunate. Those guys, you know, Dez, Maje, Kobe, a lot of those guys could have, could have left after last year and they could be playing on Sundays right now. And they, they made a selfless commitment to come back, not only to benefit themselves, but to put this place, you know, and take it to somewhere it's never been. And they did that. They set out to do that. And they did that. And, you know, I know Brent said it earlier. I've always been positive. I've always kind of seen it because I'm around the guys so much. And, you know, I know the heartbeat and all that stuff, but it's still not surprising to me, but, like I said, when I finally kind of sit down and just let it all, you know, hit me, it's like, holy, holy shit. You know, I mean, those guys, just the love that they have for one another, the love to compete, uh, you know, they they just they they give so much. And, you know, I'm just so happy that they're rewarded with this opportunity, um, this unbelievable chance that we get to go win a national championship. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I was watching your Twitter all day today, hoping to see some speeds and never saw any speeds pop up. But were you recording Jerome Ford on any of his breakaways or like, I mean, there were a lot of dudes open. during hundred percent. So I- and I did not tweet them out yet, but here they are. Trey Tucker was 21.5. Jerome Ford was 21.31. Tyler Scott, 20.7. Kobe 20.5, Deshaun Pace 20.25, Joel DeBlanco 20.02, and Alec Pierce. So that was the top seven. Yet there were some other guys that were in the 19s, almost 20, and uh, one of them being Jabari Taylor, a D lineman. And I think on it happened chase down. Yeah. on the chase down, one of those last drives or that number one, their whole offense kind of shifted around and made that big, but, uh, yeah, guys were flying now. They were flying. And that's what's been really cool to see. I mean, that's a huge, you know, um, evolution of, you know, strength conditioning and sports performance has been, you know, the the modalities of uh, sports science and how you can incorporate into what you're doing. For us, mainly, it's always going to be a competitive aspect, you know, but also a tracking, you know, are we staying, um, are we hitting the speeds that we hit, you know, week three and week six? Are we are we losing it? Are we gaining it? Um, you know, we do it in the off season, making sure we're hitting 90% of your top end speed at least one to two times a week. But, you know, <clears throat> nothing can compare to flipping the lights on a rowdy crowd, the, uh, 
all the emotions flowing and all the adrenaline. And, uh, you know, again, fortunately, we got a lot, a lot of great dudes. So, but to see them fly around like that, oh, yeah, it's awesome. Let's talk about some of those great dudes real fast. Uh, you've already mentioned their names a couple of times. I want you to talk a little bit more about both Joel DeBlanco and Curtis Brooks, because I feel like during the second half of this season and in kind of the whole season for, for Joel, but really Curtis Brooks in the second half of the season, they've, they've kind of just been really coming into their own and playing their best football of their careers. Yeah. I mean, I'll start with Curtis. Um, so Curtis is just one. He's a freak of a human being. I mean, he's, easily one of the strongest guys on the team. And, uh, you know, he's always kind of relied on that and he fed off that. But for us, it was always, you know, we want you to be stronger in other areas, in your leadership, in the way you practice, in the way you, you know, kind of mold and um, lead the young guys. And, you know, when he made the decision to come back after last year, you know, it was kind of one of those things where we're like, all right, let's make sure you're doing all this for the right reasons. And, you know, he was rehabbing a knee um, and he absolutely attacked and dominated that. And then just to see his mindset and his approach that he took in the weight room and in the locker room, you know, from last winter all the way through this season. I mean, we saw a whole new Curtis Brooks. I mean, he was a selfless leader. Um, He was pushing the young guys more than anything. He was taking care of his his business and dominating, like I said, rehab and all that stuff. But. You know, that was that was the one challenge that we had for him. Look, man, we know you're going to be good at football. You're strong. You're fast. We're going to take care of you. Your body's good. How can you impact others? How can you bring others to your level? And he's been unbelievable. I mean, just an absolute warrior, a grinder, um, you know, a guy that doesn't shy away from any comp- competition. And, uh, you know, rightfully so, you know, we knew as a D-line, and you know, the, I think as a whole, those guys knew that, all right, Teams are going to give more attention to Maje. So what does that do? It's only going to open up more opportunities for everybody else. So you go and attack and dominate what your job is, and good things are going to come. And you've seen that. I mean, and people have tried to double-team Curtis Brooks. You could pull up the Navy film. It, it, it's not going to work because he just out-wills you, out-physicals you, out-toughs you. And uh, just so proud of him. Um, you know, and then Joel, I mean, shit. First thing that comes to mind with Joel is I cannot believe he caught that pick because there's been so many times where he will drop picks and the guys get on him all the time and all that. But I mean, Joel is just, he's the epitome of, of relentlessness, uh, hard work, determination, all that stuff. The guy is a bear cat through and through um, incre- incredibly selfless, obviously great leader and just, you know, the growth that he's made through his time. Um you know, just going out there, playing his ass off every single snap, you know, being on punt team, being on punt block, all these things. I mean, you know, and then having the ability to start at middle linebacker for the past two years, you know, the, the leader of the defense, just so proud of him. Um, but again, you know, just like anything in life or any other sport, not surprised because those guys put in the work, they put in the effort and it wasn't just about them, you know, doing it for themselves it was about them impacting others. Now, another guy that we haven't got to talk about too much this season that had a he was all over the place was big one Juwan Briggs. And we kind of got have gotten to witness his evolution through this Cincinnati defense, kind of figuring it out at the beginning of the season and then flourishing and 
the biggest game of the season in the championship. So what, what's it been like for you to take a guy who is already just a monster of a human and kind of assist him in getting to where his goals are and where he ended up at the end of the season here? Yeah, and again, I think, you know, when you even kind of look at a guy like Juan, he's still scratching the surface. You know, I mean, he's got another year with us. And I'm very fortunate and looking forward to that. Um, but just, you know, again, anytime you have someone new come into the program, you know, when things are humming and it's rolling, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's not easy, but it is easy because the guys in that locker room, you know, they set the tone, they show you, Hey, this is how we practice. This is how we work out. This is how we do this. I mean, and everything is about not individual success or stats or anything like that. It's all about the team. And, uh, you know, he's been all in from day one and, you know, embraced his role, whatever it may have been. And I think just his consistency of his work ethic and, uh, you know, his mental approach to the game, it's just allowed him to be put into more situations where he can go out there and dominate. And I think that's why you've been seeing him, you know, step up even more. I mean, obviously he's a, an unbelievable freak of human being of strength and size and, you know, can move really well for, you know, how big he is and all that. But, um, you know, again, it's just a testament to those, to those guys, those black hats, you know, embracing them and, um, you know, just getting after it every single day. We're going to go back to the players in a bit, but I, I want to know the next uh, kind of another process question because, you know, game happens and it's elation and, and rightfully so, but Luke has always been someone that's just, you know, you celebrate for like one day or, or, you know, a couple of days, but what is it like when you know that after a win like that, you've got something to celebrate the very next day as well. And then after that, how long does it take for, the staff and everyone to kind of say, all right, guys, enough celebration, time to get back and focus. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, the, the best thing about all this with the timing of it is it kind of does give everybody. I mean, I know the coaches are out already on the road recruiting, which, you know, we didn't have last week because we were playing for a conference championship, which is what you want, you know, yep. but they're out there, they're on the road, they're attacking it. Um, you know, but for us, it's kind of like, all right, you know, I got my guys in today and I was like, you know, let's kind of reassess everything. Let's get our schedule ready. We know the bowl layout. We know, you know, when we're leaving, you know, getting with uh, Greg Gillum, our chief of staff, setting up the practices and lifts and all that stuff. Um, you know, it's kind of it's a quick turnaround, um, but you kind of do want those guys to kind of have a little break, you know, embrace the win. Uh, you know, hopefully a lot of the guys, families are still in town. They got got to be around them. Some of the guys that are close, they can kind of go home for a few days. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get everybody back and rolling here. You know, the weight room's open if guys want to come in, but we're not mandatorying anything for the next couple of days. And, uh, you know, we'll reassess and, um, you know, attack what's next for us. And we know it's a, a big, big opportunity for us. And, you know, again, we're jacked up for it. I mean, as we all know, the, these guys step up to any type of competition. And what better than the defending champions of college football? So um, I know we got a great plan in place and can't wait to get rolling, but it is kind of nice to just kind of have a few days to recharge and reset and then, you know, program for what's up coming up ahead. So the fans rush the field. Players eventually start trickling into the locker room after – the presentation of the trophy and everything that entailed with that. 
And then there was the presser and you had Kobe and you had Joel and you had Desmond and you had coach Luke fickle all at the presser. So what's the locker room? Like, are they containing themselves just waiting to explode before coach and Jerome Ford and and Jerome Ford? I'm sorry. All two words of Jerome Ford. (laughs) Easy to forget. He was there even with the goggles, but, uh, so then they, you know, coach has to finish the presser. So how, how hard was it for the guys to contain themselves until Coach Luke Fickle got there? Or were they partying? And then the party really started once Coach finally, after making sure he took a picture or did whatever anyone had requested of him before he finally made his way to the lot. I mean, it was, you know, again, we let everybody kind of celebrate on the field. We made our way up there. Uh, um once we made our way up there, you know, we had a quick, you know, little get together and celebration, all that kind of stuff that we did, did, sang the fight song, you know, hugged up, did all that kind of stuff. Then I think those guys went down, did the press conference. So the locker room was still going crazy. Um, and then, uh, you know, when those guys got done, I'm sure they came back up to the press con- or back up to the locker room. I mean, I don't know when I left, I, I can't even tell you what time it was. You know, all of us coaches were in the locker room you know, embracing it and having fun. But, uh, you know, I, it was still hopping and hollering. But, you know, that that's what you want. That's what you want those guys to do is embrace each other because those are the memories that you'll never forget. And uh, you don't want to be the guy that's just going to celebrate and then get in and get out, and move on to the next thing. You want to you want to cherish every moment of it. So it was uh, it was definitely a long celebration, but it was well worth it. So hopping and hollering in celebration. I, I got to ask, cause we didn't have you on last week, obviously, but ECU <laughs> coach, coach Fick in the rafters part two. Did you know he was going to attempt the pull-ups and how much do you think he could pull off in an, in a normal setting? And were you pleased with the amount that he did? Or do you think he kind of held back a little bit, but just talk <laughs> about that celebration as well. Cause it was another one that's, that's going to always be just remembered. <laughs> uh, he was I out mean, of gas after like five of those. He did. He was. Yeah. Out, he, I mean, again, before that, it was like a mosh. Like it was a crazy mosh. You know, I came in and I just started going crazy, yelling ship in the nip, uh, <laughs> ship in the nip, going crazy, hitting guys, all that stuff. And then Fick comes in. He's jumping around going crazy. You know, how about them Bearcats? 12 and fucking oh, all that kind of shit, just going crazy. And then it was like, you know, someone points like up, like, you know, hey, remember this? And, you know, boom, jumps up there, you know, gets a good four and a half, five pull-ups in. And, uh, you know, those those pipes aren't sturdy now. Let me tell you, they got a little give. So, uh, but it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was. I mean, you know, it, it took you back to, you know, 2019, when we won there and you know, that, that happened, but I mean, that was, that was a huge game. That was awesome. Just to finish the year out. I know everybody on the outside was like, Ooh, this is a team that's kind of scary and all that stuff. And yeah, we get it because of what happened last year and all that stuff. But um, you know, teams, they can study you. They can try to try to beat you, try to be you all that kind of stuff. But when it comes down to it, you'll never be the Bearcats. And you know, that's what we told those guys that week. And it was, that was a fun game. That was a fun celebration. And then, you know, we topped it off obviously this past uh, Saturday. 
Is there a conversation that sticks out to you as like just a special moment in that whole celebration in the locker room afterwards with any of the guys who are either leaving or staying? This past weekend? Yeah. Um, I think the first guy that I, I really kind of embraced and uh, it was after a nice slap to the ass was uh, Dez. And, you know, Dez just, he embraced me and I hugged him up and I said, look, man, I was like, you know, fucking love you. You know, you built this shit. You're a fucking warrior. Never lost here. All that kind of stuff. And, you know, just, he knew it. I mean, all those things, but you know, the coolest thing about Dez is, you know, after we embrace, he goes in, we ain't fucking done. And it was just kind of like, God damn, I love you. Like, I mean, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that one stands out to me. Um, I was going crazy with all the O-line guys. I love those guys. You know, the, the big, thick, nasty guys in the trenches that never get the recognition. Um, Kobe had a great embrace with Kobe. I mean, I love that kid. Like he's my own son. Um, you know, just so many of them really, you know, but those guys stand out the most Des and Kobe, um, you know, and then obviously my, my crew, my guys that, you know, again, it's, it's not just me, you know, I'm not a one man army. I'm so blessed. I got four full-time assistants. They're all unbelievable human beings and husbands and fathers and, uh, you know, just so blessed that I get to be able to do this with them. And, you know, I think I had more fun probably Saturday messing around with them on the sideline and post game than I did with anybody, just because, you know, I know how much they love our guys and invest and give so much to this program. And, uh, but it was awesome. Investing, giving to the program, uh, development, all words you use quite a lot. Well, guess what? That's really starting to come, come into fruition. And you're really starting to see it as well with now that there's this long layoff until the big games, you know, coming at the end of December, you get the conversations about, you know, senior bowls and NFL drafts and different things of that sort. Well, someone on the board went back and they kind of calculated all of the different, uh, you know, ratings, the, the prospect ratings of the players that are projected to get drafted on the team right now in the next year's draft. They were all players that needed development based off of what they were ranked coming out of high school. What do you take into your heart and, and just kind of knowing the hard work that the players have put in as well, when you see things like that, you know, things like, a, like Des, for example, you know, like, like the other players that kind of, kind of take this meteoric rise in only, you know, three, four five, sometimes six years. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I kind of, it's, uh, you know, not to sound corny, but I say it to, you know, recruits all the time and it's a part of my presentation. But, you know, the coolest thing about all these guys and really anybody, um, there's one person in this world that can make you do what you want to do, right? That makes all the decisions, that decides your future, decides this, that, all that stuff. And it's you. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when you're 17, 18, 19 years old and someone tells you that, you're like, what? But like, it is. You make all the decisions. You get to choose what you want to do. Do you want to give everything you've got every single day into the weight room? That's your choice. Somebody can help you a la me and kind of, you know, try to push it and force it in a way. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to you. It's what you want to do. 
all your dreams, all your passions, you decide that you drive that. And uh, so when I think of that, I mean, all those guys, man, I mean, they've, they've made that commitment. Um, you know, they, it, it, I do, I take a, a huge amount of pride that I was a, a, a part of their journey and all of the coaching staff here was a part of that. But at the end of the day, they made that choice. You know, I mean, we are just resources that hopefully they abuse, right? We want to be abused. We're here to help you show you a vision of what you could, should, and will be if you follow this plan, right? And, you know, those guys have just absolutely taken that plan and ran it and enhanced it and, you know, challenged me, challenged my staff, challenged the coaching staff to adapt and evolve and look for new ways and um, to, to make them better, to make ourselves better. And it is, man. I mean, it, it's, it, I mean, I, it's, it's awesome. I mean, six guys in the senior bowl, six with two, you know, that if they graduated in December, younger guys, they would be there too. I mean, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, again, the, how do you get drafted higher? How do you all the, yeah, obviously you play football really, really well. You put good tape out there, but also, you keep playing, right? I mean, last year we had eight first-team all-conference guys. This year we had 12. Well, how does that happen? Because you're the best team in the league. You just keep winning. And Coach always preaches it. Individual success will always come from team success. And there's no doubt why so many guys were first-team or second-team and all that stuff because of team success. So it is, man. It's awesome. I can't wait. I know that's down the road. Um, you know, I, I that's going to be a huge, you know, momentum and just recruiting thing and just, you know, really more of a, a pride thing for all of us here at the University of Cincinnati is when we do see all these guys that have invested so much throughout these past couple of years um, get their name called in the draft because, I mean, let's face it, that's a huge selling point. But, uh, you know, it is. It's just – it's awesome, man. I mean – because, again, projections are one thing, right? Just like everybody can project this guy to be that, 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 that. Can't tell me Des Ritter's not a first-rounder. You can't tell me Maje's not. You can't tell me Alec Pierce isn't going to sneak up there because he is. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant came back, enhanced his draft stock. He's one of the absolute best corners in the whole country. I mean, you know, Darian Beavers was a Buckus Award finalist. Uh, Brian Cook is an absolute human missile that's just an unbelievable human being. Um, you know, you just, you got, you got dudes all over the place and uh, I, I, I can't wait to see how it all unfolds. But like I said, we got, we got some, some business to take care of before that. Speaking of dudes and, and guys that have moved on, I'm interested. What do you think about Marcus becoming the new head coach at Notre Dame? And did you hear what he had to say today? I didn't, I didn't hear anything that he had to say today. Um, but, so, so but real I'm quick, real, real quick, this, this, this might impact your answer. Uh, he was on with Dan Patrick and mm -hmm. Dan Patrick was, was asking him like, what was Saturday like? And Marcus is like, you know, we know we needed two of four things to happen. Watch the Oklahoma state game. There was one of them. Watch the Cincinnati game needed them to lose, but I couldn't root against Cincinnati like even though their playoff hopes you know could have rested in your hands if you lost 
he was like, those are my guys. I recruited those guys. That's I've got Bearcat blood. Absolutely would not cheer against Cincinnati, even if it was for the benefit of, of my team, which just that's who Marcus is, right? So, sounds like a young uh, Luke Fickle, right? Doesn't it? <laughs> Doesn't no, it? that is that's pretty cool. I haven't I haven't been able to catch up on any of that. And I know he had a introduction meeting and all that stuff today, but uh, no, I mean, you know, you, you can't help but be happy for him. Again, I think Coach said it in his post game presser, you know, and and I'm sure Coach takes a, a tremendous amount of pride knowing that you know he helped mold Marcus into what he is today. I mean, he coached him at Ohio State. Uh, he was our D coordinator here for so long. He did. He was a huge part of what we've done here. I mean, he recruited a lot of those guys. He bred the culture, all those types of things. But uh, it is, man, you are, you, you know, you're so excited to see those guys, you know, when they, when they do venture out and go on their own beat and, uh, you know, do really well. And then all of a sudden, you know, get an opportunity like he just had or that he just has gotten. And, you know, you can't help but wish the best for him. I mean, you know, my family knows his family really well. And, Again, everything that he did for our program here will never be forgotten. Just like Coach said, you know, Doug Phillips and, you know, anybody else that's been able to come through these um, these uh, hallways with us. I mean, you're a part of it. You are. And, uh, you know, that's that's what's really cool for me. You know, I, I keep tab with all the, you know, former strength coaches that I've had on my staff that, you know, I've ventured on in the past couple of years. And, you know, I mean, it's just – everybody has a, has a role in it. You know I mean? Yeah. There's, you know, new team every year, new, all that stuff, but you know, you never forget those guys that, you know, bled the, the black and red and, you know, really pushed it to where we're at now. So you had the banquet yesterday and at the banquet, um, was Kobe the one who had the best drip as is being talked about all over Twitter? Um, <laughs> But also, what was it like getting to be at the banquet with all your guys? You're celebrating the season undefeated, and then you get the news and you actually hear someone say on TV that you're officially in the playoffs. What was that whole experience like? Uh, Kobe was 100% the best dress there. Um, but second best dress Ooh. goes to his dad. Yes. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> but no, that, that was that was great. I mean – you know, it's just a great time to to get all those guys together. You know, families were in town, so it made sense. You know, just an appreciation dinner, reward those guys. Um, like I said, job not done. We still got a lot left to play for. But just, you know, just to kind of get everybody together, have a little fun, break bread, all those kinds of things. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie. When they officially announced that we were number four, I was in the food line with my kids trying to figure out what they want and all that kind of stuff. So like, it was like, I heard it and I was like, Oh, cool. All right. Uh, what do you want? You want, you want, you want, you want bacon. So, um, it was awesome though. It was, it was, it was a fun time. Um, but, uh, you know, nothing, nothing too over the top. So there's a, there's a bunch of conversation and talk surrounding the Bearcats very deservedly. So, but I, I stumbled upon a, uh, a quote that I was reading in one of the articles and in the stories that I've been reading throughout the day. <clears throat> and it goes like this. There is no ceiling here. 
We don't put any limitations on ourselves as a program. Iron sharpens iron. What is being preached from the top from Coach Fick, it echoes through the entire building. That's what has been cool to see as this program has grown and that culture gets established. It never takes days off. There was a goat that said that quote, and it was a, a good friend of the BCJ, Dustin Williams. Go, go hop on the, the athletic. It's a great, great article. But, man, that got me fired up, Brady. Just just expand on that a little bit, obviously, because you you touched on it for numerous times here. Mm-hmm. That is that is yeah. a quote that is resonates quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, you know, I think a lot of it just has to do with the amount of pride that we have and what we've built here, and uh, you know, and our kids and all the coaches, all those things, but. Uh, you know, I, I just, I remember back, it was, uh, you know, the Let It Fly series, right? And I think, I, I, I don't even remember, I was on episode one or episode two. And, you know, they're down there in my office and they're asking questions and doing all that stuff. And they asked, you know, what is, what is the ceiling here? And, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I said, ceiling, I said, there is no ceiling. Like, if somebody's telling us that there's a ceiling here, and let me know who it is so I can go kick down their door and take them out because we're not going to label ourselves. Like we get it. There's a stigma of, Ooh, group of five and all that stuff. Well, guess what's happened. We've won the past couple of years and we've done it really, really well. And we've developed guys and we've recruited really well. And we've kept great coaches on staff and coach Vic has turned down a bunch of jobs and stayed. And what's that do? Oh, boom. Now you're going into a big uh, power conference as they like to say to the big 12 here in a couple of years. So that's great. Um, you know, you want to talk about facilities and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, everybody can have, you know, big, shiny new things and all that stuff. Well, you take that away. What's it really dive down to relationships? And that's, that's what I think we pride ourselves on the most, um, from the top down, the head coach has great relationships with every player on this team. You can't say that everywhere else. You just can't. And why is that? Because coach Fick is a genuine human being. I mean, unbelievable husband, father, leader of men, all those things. So that helps. What's that do? Inspires the coaches to be the best version of themselves to not only lead their room and their unit, but also to engage other guys on maybe the different side of, of the of the ball or different other unit rooms to lead them and help with them. And then it just it just it echoes throughout the whole building. Like, you know, we we know it. We're around our guys the most throughout the whole year. So we have a big impact on them, but what we do all stems from the top. It's not like, you know, we're trying to do something that the coaches don't want to be done. No, we're, we're full alignment from the top down. And I think that's, what's so special because a lot of places don't have that. And uh, you know, that's, that's why we've been so successful. That's why we've been able to sustain success. That's why we will continue to sustain success and again, take it to, to next levels. But uh you know, anybody that tries to, to tell you what you can and can't do or you don't have this and you don't have that, that's fine. This kind of goes back to what I said about those guys that we all talked about and their opportunities at the next level. There's only one person that can tell you what you want to do. So you can tell me to my face all day long, well, you can't do this. You don't have this. You don't have that. That's fine. I'm going to prove you wrong. So, you know, when it comes down to it, I take great pride in that. I love it. Um, 
you know, all of our hands are dirty because we've been working our butts off. And, um, you know, again, it's just, just one of those things that, you know, we're not going to take crap from anybody. We're not going to be told we can or can't do anything. We're just going to go out there. We're going to put the ball down. We're going to work and we're going to let, you know, let everything happen. I want to talk about two guys specifically. Both of them local. Neither of them Bearcats out of high school. Both of them decided to come back home about the same time. The fan base heard the news of both of them and kind of went, huh? And they have both become absolute rocks of one of the best defense in the country. Brian Cook, Darian Beavers. I know you've hit on both of them a little bit, but the buy-in from those two guys, and, you know, it wasn't immediate. Like you mentioned with Briggs, it takes a little time to fully adjust. But now that they're at the finish line, the buy-in from those two guys was incredible. And how much have they meant to this program, even though they weren't originally, you know, in that class? I mean, yeah, I mean, words can't express it enough. Uh, you know, just start with Brian Cook. And uh, I'll tell this story before I get into him. So it was uh, probably about two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I, I'm meeting with uh, the scouts. And, you know, this happened to be a big heavy day of, you know, you got some director of uh, player personnel. You got some assistant GMs from the NFL all in the building. And, um, you know, this guy gives me a question. He goes, all right. He goes, I'm going to tug at your heartstrings for a second. And I said, oh, okay, shoot. He goes, one game. You could play one game. You got to start one guy, Derek Forrest or Brian Cook. I said, man, you can't ask me that question. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no. I said, you can't no. do that, man. I said, you're, t- you're tugging deep. You're tugging real deep. <laughs> you know? um, but, uh, you know. So what was the answer? <laughs> That's only for him and I to know. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, Brian Cook, man, he, when he transferred in, you know, he, he just, he came in and he did everything the absolute right way. He came in, he was extremely humble. Um, he worked his absolute ass off. I mean, we gave him, he earned the Iron Bearcat Award his first off season with us because he impressed us all. And, you know, again, that was still when you had Derek Forrest and James Wiggins right there, the two dudes. And he just, he never batted an eye, never complained, he never worried about anything. He just worked his ass. And even after his first spring here, he broke his foot and he just rehabbed like a, like a mother. And then all of a sudden he's back. And like, you know, there's just so many different things I could think of with him. I mean, you know, even just this past week, he was sick one day. You know, the flu bug's been going around. He was sick. And, you know, I remember everybody's like, oh, man, I hope he can get him to practice. And I was like, are you kidding me? It's like, this kid's going to be, like, fine in an hour. He's an absolute machine. <laughs> Coach, man, I'm drinking this. I'm, do- I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to be there tomorrow. And I'm like, I know you will. You know, he's he's had his shoulder banged up all year. He's been fighting through it, and he's fine. Like, why? Because he attacks the – training room he attacks the workouts and the modifications that we do and he just goes out there and he plays the game he loves it but uh i mean yeah those guys man those guys are bearcats through and through i mean holy shit uh i mean i again 
my mind just right now, you said those two names. I don't know if it was a fumble or not, but how about that hit by Brian Cook on that guy? And it was that a fumble. scoop and score Beavers. That's a fumble, right? Can we all That's agree? That's a fumble. It was a fumble. That's so, but uh no man, I mean Brian just has he has this energy, this aura to him that you know, and again, I know Derek Forrest, I've said it many times, is like my own born son. Um he just he just has this way that you know guys gravitate towards him and you know they vibe with him and want to be around him and he has this this way of getting the best out of you, you know, while in turn making sure he's getting the best out of himself and uh you know just an extremely humble guy but no doubt very 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 bright future ahead of him um with beeves you know it's kind of like the opposite you know like i I think i've said it before when beeves came in i was like oh man you are weak you are soft you know your body doesn't look as good but you have unbelievable athletic ability you're genetically gifted you just got to say, screw it. And you got to get like physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, all those things. You got to get dirty. And, uh, you know, to his credit, this past off season in the winter, that was my challenge to him. And he did it. He attacked it. He changed his body. He went from 240 last season to 260. And then we said, okay, let's maybe trim it down to 255. And then he's like, no, I like being 260. And it's like, all right, well, we'll keep it pushing. And, you know, just seeing that growth in him and how it's transferred onto the field to, you know, being an absolute physical specimen that makes plays left and right, and you know, feeds off the guys and leads guys. It's, uh, it's been awesome, man. I mean, it really has. And, you know, what's, what's really cool for me is as, you know, I kind of, I'm always thinking of, you know, Hey, the next step, the next plan, the next, you know, off season, all those types of things. How has a guy like Brian cook impacted that room? Well, night and day. I mean, Amarion threats, uh, Byron threat or Amarion Smith, Byron threats, um, Isaiah Cox. Those guys have gotten to witness one of the all-time, you know, dudes of dudes, and just you know to see his his relentlessness, his his toughness to push through adversity, to push through a a, a weak shoulder and all this and that, and you know what's that going to do? It's going to set those kids up, you know on a, on a plan that we're going to have to hold them to and, you know, obviously enhance them and all that stuff. But, um, and then you take Darian Beavers. Okay. Jaheim Thomas, um, you know, a guy that could easily be the next Darian Beavers. Well, very similar types, right? You got to get dirty. You got to do this. You got to train hard, blah, 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 blah. You know, just very fortunate. And those guys, I mean, I know I say it a lot. They're just freaks. They are, man. I mean, they get me jacked up. I love watching them play. Um, Darian Beavers is the number one guy that I get onto every game for his swag. I say, Darian, you, you don't need to be wearing long. You don't need to be wearing anything. You should just have like a cut crop top because you look so damn good. Um, but he always gives me credit for that. It's funny, but, uh, just, I mean, yeah, you hit it right. You know, the nail right on the head. I mean, that's two guys that transferred in that ended up being, you know, legends here. Can, can we continue on the dudes talk real quick? Uh, mm. c- kind of with the iron sharpens iron that you've, you know, you've kind of just mentioned ad nauseum and in a very good way with the Bearcats is the way that we saw at, at camp higher ground and, and throughout other practices was the matchup between Alec Pierce 
and Sauce Gardner. And now you saw Alec Pierce have he the, the past two games against ECU and against Houston have gone up against two of the better cornerbacks in the conference, and they're actually really high, highly rated in the in the country. But I, there's Pierce making big plays over both of them. And then, of course, Sauce, you tell him to go, you know, get his weight up a little bit. Now he's he's laying the wood on blindside sacks. Like it's like he's a blitzing outside linebacker. I, you know, it was the what those two have been able to do through practice in the offseason and all throughout, you know, building each other up. How awesome is it to see come come out on in the games, and especially because coming up against Alabama, it's going to be one of the best wide receivers in the country now. And it finally seems like sauce is going to get challenged through the air a little bit. So I just the iron sharpens iron. Alec Pierce, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, you don't get any more elite than those two going at it way back in the day. And we were all loving it when that was happening then. And now we're seeing exactly what it what, it, what it's built up to now. Yeah, I mean, you know, and again, I think uh, the iron sharpens iron, which, uh, you know, again, is uh, F-E squared. That's what that really means. And it also has another deeper inner meaning that I won't say on screen right now. But, um, <laughs> you know, that's kind of been a test to what we have built here from day one. But I think really more than anything, the past year, it's really amplified. Um, you know, just because we have so many high-end guys and when you have that many high-end guys, it's kind of like the NFL, right? Like what's going to make those guys really compete every single day? Well, going against the best. So in turn, you know, we had to make that in the weight room. So if I'm Alec Pierce, okay, I'm going to get my work in. Am I going to lift with, you know, the other wideouts, Trey Tucker, Tyler Scott, and those guys, Michael Young. Yeah, I am, but, you know, it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. We're going to get our work in. Or am I going to compete against Ahmad Gardner every single day and, you know, really push myself because that's what's going to happen come August. And, you know, that's one of the best corners in, in the country, and that's going to really prepare myself to go and attack and dominate in the season. So, you know, that – it is, man. I mean, that's that's what you want. That's what every program obviously should have. And if not, then they're failing because, you know, the great ones want to be coached hard. They want to be pushed. And yes, like I said, I've always said, we can only do so much. The players do everything. So if I'm Maje Sanders, and this was a big thing we did with him this past offseason with him coming back. Okay, Maja, you can train with the D-line guys. You're going to be great, right? You're going to get your work in. You're going to have fun. It's all that good, okay? You could train against some of the O-line guys. Yeah, it'll be fun, all that stuff. It's more about who challenges you, who really gets you going, who messes with your head, who motivates you. And Maja is like, man, that's easy. Dez, uh, Wiley, Lenny T, Beavers, Huber. And it's like, perfect. That's your workout group because – those guys are all going to feed off each other. They're going to push you. They're not going to let you slack. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of why we're sitting where we are now. I mean, not just in the weight room, but in the classroom, on the practice field. That's what our guys feed off of. The only way in any sport, in any aspect of life, that you are truly going to be great is if you have others around you that want you to be great and that are pushing you to be great and that are holding you accountable to the standards of that greatness. Because let's face it, you know, we've all heard it, right? Like uh, 
you know, average people want to be left alone, right? Well, why is that? Because they stand out, right? The great ones, everybody gravitates towards them. They want to be around it. They want a piece of it. They want to know, how did you do this? How did you get there? Teach me, teach me, right? The average ones, they just want to sit in the corner. They want to, you know, drink their milk and just do whatever it takes to get by. So, you know, the iron sharpens iron thing, the FE squared, that's a huge, huge thing of our program. And uh, it's going to continue on for many years. Now you bring up Maje and Sauce both in that last commentary. And what did it mean to you to have two guys who are down statistically this year, but were both unanimous selections on the all-conference team? I mean, I think it just kind of goes back to, you know, what coach has always preached. The individual success is always going to come from the team success. And yes, Maje, you might not have had all the sacks in the world that you wanted, but guess what? Because of the attention that you deserve and that you've earned, right? What did that do? It made Curtis Brooks do what he did. It made Marcus Brown do what he did. It made Jabari Taylor do what he did. It made Jawan Briggs. It made Malik Van. The list could go on and on. And that's what a team does. It takes the selfless individual statistics and honorees and all that stuff aside and puts the better of the team first. And that's what he did. Ahmad, you know, you're not going to be challenged as much. We wish you would, but guess what? People are afraid to, and they respect you. So that's fine. So if you're not getting challenged as much, we have to challenge you on and off the field, especially during the game to keep you engaged, to do some other things differently, right? To make sure impacting the game. But in turn, what does that do? Puts more stress on the ultimate competitive human being dog of all time, Kobe Bryant. Okay, you think he's going to shy away from that? No, he steps up, he embraces that. Okay, they're going to throw at me more. Okay, come get some. How's that turn out? Not very good. So, again, just so fortunate that, you know, we got got dudes all over the place. I mean, I, I want your opinion on this. If you could have picked anyone to play in the college football playoff, are you happy it's Bama? Like, you know, they're the, they're the dynasty. They're the, they're the thousand pound gorilla in the room. If you're going to shoot your shot, why not shoot it against the best, right? Why not challenge yourself and see where this program is? Because worst case you lose, you know, losing sucks. Best case you turn the college football world on its ear by beating Alabama and Nick Saban. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, You know, if I had my personal preference, I would have loved Jim Harbaugh. To have played Michigan. Um, You know, again, that's coming from a guy up, you know, Columbus, Ohio, grew up a Buckeye fan, all that kind of thing. But, uh, could happen you know, the week after, Brady. Could happen the week after. Um, no, you know what, though? I mean, uh, I, I think it's great. I mean, honestly, just just to be in it, obviously. Unbelievable. So proud of our guys, all those things. We'll take whoever's on the schedule, right? So it's, it's the next opponent that we get to prepare for. I know our guys are going to be jacked up to play for it, all those types of things. Um, but a part of me deep down also would have loved the, uh, a, you know, a little – Georgia rematch, 
you know, just because. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Every every one of the three was compelling. Yep. You know, I mean, so that would have been great too. But you know what? I'm I'm jacked up that we got Alabama. You know, again, the defending national champions, um, the legendary Nick Saban, the unreal five star talent and NFL guys and all that kind of stuff. Hey, what better way than go against those guys? So I'm jacked up. I know our guys are jacked up. You know what? They play football just like we do. Sure, they might play in a different conference. That's all good. I love our guys. I'll take our guys any day of the week, man. Be the man. You got to beat the man. Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> That was right. what I said before we played UCF. Was it? Really? Perfect. See, I channeled my inner Brady. That was my Thursday speech talk. My Thursday speech talk is always, you know, a nice little reminder. Did- we get together. I remind them, hey, what do we got next? They say primetime guns. They go crazy. Then I kind of, <laughs> hey, 48 hours till game day. Make sure you're hydrating. Stay off your feet eat all those types of things set your room temperature to 68 degrees 68 69 69 if you're des ritter i've said that since 2018 um, very nice you know i kind of hit them with some motivational stuff and uh it always comes from the heart sometimes it comes from if other teams want to talk that helps but uh yeah i remember that i said uh in 2019 before i played ucf i said hey to be the man, you got to beat the man. Well, oh, twist your boots if you can do it. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. Woo. I'm the man. <laughs> what a legend. What a le- I knew you would love that reference. Man. All right. I, we don't want. You got to don't... beat the man. Woo. Hey. Hey, Woo! we, we I don't want to keep you. Okay, well, we, still question, got, we still got some mailbag stuff for him, too. I know. I, I got one last question. Brady, I, what's going to be going through your head at kickoff in that game? Uh, holy shit, I'm so excited we're here. Uh, <laughs> no, I've always, I've always wanted to uh, play in that stadium. I remember, you know, 2019, right, when uh, we were playing in conference championship against memphis the winner of that was going to the cotton bowl and i got two former uh michigan state spartans on my staff and they always said they're like dude the cotton bowl is the best bowl like they take care of you and it's just awesome and um you know when i was younger i was a a cowboys fan for a little bit so you know i've always wanted to go to jerry's world like I said, in, in all my previous stops, I've been, you know, been able to go to a bunch of big bowl games and here and there, but have never been to uh, Jerry's world. So I'm, I'm excited, man. I mean, I really am. I love Texas. Um, I got family down there. Um, so, you know, I'm excited. I can't wait. And when that ball's kicked off, I'm just going to be thinking about one thing and one thing only, and that's our guys going out and winning. God, I love it. I love it. So what you said we have B, we have a uh, mailbag questions, Chad. Aaron, big mailbag. Aaron, do you have those those fired up for Brady? The Brady centric ones. I haven't pulled up. Um, 
give me a, give me a second filibuster okay. and I'll, well, I'll see what I can well, find. Well, Brady, here's here's one thing for me that I found interesting. Another national media had uh, had another article about you guys, and it it was with with Brad Stevens, you know, back when he was the head coach at Butler, talking about how playing against teams in your conference is is always just everyone knows everyone, everyone knows everyone's scheme and everything of that sort. But when you finally get past that and you get against these teams like they did in the NCAA tournament a couple of times when he was there with Butler. And then now, you know, last year against against Georgia and now this season coming up against Alabama, it, it seems like a little bit different when when the team went out there against Georgia last year, kind of playing with house money and, and having, you know, the ability to kind of not really surprise anyone, but kind of come up and and show these other teams exactly what you can do rather than having these other teams know, oh, hey, here's Cincinnati. When they're in this, when, when they're in this formation, they're going to probably be running one of these three plays. So I found that very interesting because it's, it's probably something that isn't really talked about as much as it should be because I, it, it was a little different against Georgia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, again, that is. That's very, uh, Coach even said, he's like, you know, I haven't, had much chance to watch Alabama this year because of obviously our season and our schedule and who we're preparing to play and all that. But, uh, you know, it is, it's whenever you play someone in, in conference, there's a lot of familiarity there, you know, I mean, you played him the year before played him the year before that. And, uh, or, you know, as you're watching film of the opponents you're playing throughout the year, you know, that team's going to pop up on film as you're playing them. So you kind of take a mental note and some other things, but uh, you know, again, it is, it's a, it's an unbelievable, you know, chance for our guys. And, you know, I know they're not going to shy away from it. And, you know, last year, again, hopefully um, that, that taught, you know, our team and our fans, what, Hey, you know, get ready for some, for some fireworks and, uh, you know, again, our guys aren't going to shy away from anything. They're going to step up to the challenge. And you know what? I mean, it's going to be a great time December 31st. It's almost say. All right, Brady. So from Mick Walker, our own uh, staff member, Mick Walker, who covers our recruits, um, what's the number one thing you wish that high school strength coaches would do better to prepare guys? Ooh. Um, train the neck. We've I think you've hit on that before. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Train the neck. Um, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things that, you know, can easily just kind of get thrown around or misplaced. I mean, at, in high school, it, unless you have a really sound, you know, strength conditioning coach, you're kind of just rolling the dice. You're, you're, you're kind of checking the box. You're doing whatever you've been taught before, whatever you've heard, um, whatever, some coach has told you to do, you know, I mean, you don't need to run half gassers and one tens and all that stuff. You need to train for the position and the sport that you play. Um, but, you know, again, you got to train the neck. You got to. I mean, I wish you would have told my high school coach, we didn't have to run those gassers and the one tens as much <laughs> as we did. Come on. How many push-ups can you do without stopping Brady? How many I do yeah. without stopping? Uh, I mean, that's a, it's a random question. I would say 60 plus. Just oh, wait until they see, just, just, just wait until they see your arms in this video. 
now? Should I go now? <laughs> uh, how many? I'll take the like, over on sixty. By the way, there we who go. Are you, who are you going to miss the most out of this graduating class? You can't ask me that. That's fucking hard. I'm um, not asking. It was just on the why, board. And why is his name Kobe Bryant? <laughs> <laughs> no, you take Z. Uh, all of the above. Uh, oh come on! You love Kobe. Kobe and Defoe were like. They are. You're, yeah, those are like that's you can you can pick you can have favorite kids. I it's it's okay. Hey, just like in life, the weight room plays favorites, right? Right. They, the the weight room rewards those who give everything they got. It rewards those that sell out that give you know maximum effort to not only themselves but to others. Yeah. What what in turns happens? You get stronger. You get faster. All those things. But uh, man. Who am I going to miss the most? I mean, yes, of course, Kobe Bryant. Are you kidding me? I mean, um, Des Ritter, of course, Des Ritter. Um, you know, again, I and selflessly, I've always compared him to people I've been around. He always reminded me of Dak Prescott, just his leadership, the way he was in the weight room, the way he was off the field, the way he was on the field. Um you know, forget, just, you worked with Dak Prescott. That's a comparison you can make. It's, it is, but you know, it's like, it's like Dez has put himself in a whole new level. You know, I mean, Dak lost at home. Dez has never lost at home. You know, I mean, stuff like that. Um, but uh, Dez is, Dez is what the number three winningest quarterback in the history of college ever. Ever. I mean, think about that, guys. Think about that. That's right? crazy. You know, I, I even said that Thursday, I was like, you know, I was, I was kind of getting emotional and hyped up. And, uh, I said, you know, if anybody questions anything, I said, come look at the graveyard in my office. Cause in my office on the back wall, I have a graveyard of all the teams that we've played and beat. And, you know, you got 48 wins or whatever it is we're at. And it's like, you know, every morning when I walk into my office, that's the first thing I see. Oh, and yeah. It is, man. It's just like, holy cow. And to know that Dez is 98% of that. Woof. Um, but I am, man. I'm, I'm going to miss. I am. I'm going to miss Dez and Kobe the most, man. I mean, Kobe definitely stands out more than anything just because, you know. I agree. Uh, that shit. I don't know. I don't want to get teared up or choked up, but. Uh, well, that luckily, brings me. I got two more games with those guys, so I'm going to enjoy every every minute of it. That brings me to my next question, which I don't love the way that it was worded. It was, who shed a little tear Saturday night? But instead, I want to ask this. Was there a dry eye Saturday night? Yeah, I mean, sure were. I mean, like I said, I, I got a little bit emotional when I hugged my wife. Um, I think it kind of just kind of hit me for a little bit, but uh, – you know, that could be the family all around you and all that stuff. But, um, you know, I, I didn't see any, any extremely, you know, crying. Saw a bunch of dudes that have put in so much work and so much effort to building this place into what it is. And honestly, I saw a fire in their eyes that, you know what, we're not done. And that's what kind of gave me even more motivation and, you know, a little kick in my step that, hey, we're going to enjoy this, but we're not done. 
How many times have you watched the ending of Saturday's game already? <laughs> uh, maybe a couple. You know, I think today as a staff, we were watching some of the highlights, and it was kind of cool just to kind of watch it, me and my guys down in the weight room. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I like I said, I still haven't fully embraced and kind of taken a second to really appreciate everything. I've kind of, you know, tried to catch up on Twitter and everything and see all the videos and all that stuff. But uh, it still is, man. It's special. It's really cool to see, you know, what those guys did and how the fans reacted and all that stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, it is, man. It's 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 awesome. I'm going to guess it was Sunday morning and not Saturday night. But how did you wind down when you got home after the game Saturday night? He went to Finn's house. <laughs> so Sunday morning. <laughs> um, like I said, the coaches and I, we had some fun in the locker room. Um, and then uh, and then I went to Coach Fick's house, and that was a great time. I brought the energy there. I had a lot of fun there. And then uh, came home and uh, pretty much went to bed. Yeah, it was a great time. Uh, what game was your favorite this year and why? Oof. Um, it's a head scratcher for you. The, the championship game is always going to stand out. Just the crowd, uh, the environment, just the way it all played out, all, all those types of things. Um, what it meant. Yeah, the, what it meant, the euphoria, all that stuff. But I'm not going to lie to you guys. The Notre Dame game is huge. Oh, I mean, yeah. it is uh, to go into such an historic stadium, an historic traditional program, top five program, all those types of things. You know, they were riding a 27 home game winning streak or whatever it was. And it to go in there, clear. no doubt, to go in there and, you know, take care of business. Could have been a lot worse, should have been a lot worse. But you know what? We came out with the dub and we dominated. Um, but more so, it was, uh, you know, again, another shout out to the Bearcat fans, man. I mean, they overtook that stadium. I mean, they were louder than their fans. They were louder than the band. They were louder than the PA announcer. And uh, just to see that sea of red in that stadium, man, that was special. And obviously, you know, the underlying storylines of, you know, Brian Kelly and Coach Mickens and Coach Freeman and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was it was awesome. Well, no, that that let's go Bearcats at Notre Dame Stadium is right up there with with everything that was going on on Saturday. That was awesome. It's got to make you feel good about going into Jerry World, too. Um, what makes the strength and conditioning programs different from program to program and strength coach to strength coach? Is there a strategy involved in building a strength program that is focused on speed and agility versus power or fundamentally are all strength coaches following similar programs, considering how much the science has evolved? Curious how Brady differentiates his strength and conditioning program from other schools and if he has adapted his program over time at UC. It's a very well thought out question right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, I, I would say this, everybody has their niche, right? And uh, what's really unique is, you know, all of us strength coaches that run programs, we're all certified, um, you know, through the same certification, which is huge because you got to know what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, 
And there's always science-based research behind what you're doing. But at the same time, you know, what you do is different than everybody else. It should be. And it has to be unique to your team, your style. And, uh, you know, I'm so fortunate that, you know, I get to work with a head coach that fully trusts and embraces everything that I want to do and is right on page with what he wants in a football player and a football program. Um, so there's never any issues there. Um, but you know, it is, it's an, it's an ever evolving thing because I think I said it earlier, every single year, your team is different, you know? And so you gotta, you gotta have a SWOT analysis, your strength, your weaknesses, your opportunities, your threats, and you kind of assess that. And then you plan it to what your team needs. What's, what's its goals. What's, you know, what's its weaknesses, its strengths, all those types of things. Um, but you know, you take all the, the new evolution of strength conditioning and sports science and all that stuff. When you kind of pull all that away, the bells and whistles and, you know, reinventing the wheel, all that stuff, it hasn't changed, right? To truly develop a human being, you have to develop their heart and their mind. You know, the, the, the body's going to take care of itself. The sets and the reps of the workout, it never matters. And I learned that from Coach Mick my first day at Ohio State. He even told me, he goes, Brady, anybody can write a workout. Anybody. It's what and how and why you do it. That's, that's what's important. And, you know, to me, that's what's so, you know, so, so deep to our core of what we do here is, you know, it's not what we do, it's why we do it and who we do it with. And so, you know, again, anything that's on the cutting edge of technology or, you know, the newest and coolest thing and strength and conditioning, yes, we're going to, we're going to look into it. We're going to see if it can benefit us. But at the end of the day, we have to do what's best for our team each off season, each year and kind of formulate that to our plan and uh, know what it is that we ultimately want to do. And that's, we want to be tough and nasty. We want to win in the trenches and, you know, we want to be physically, uh, you know, imposing on our opponents and that, that streams from the inside of the trenches out, you know, I mean, we want to be fast. We want to be tough. We want to be aggressive. And, you know, and again, I can't say enough. This isn't just me, but our sports med staff. I mean, this is the healthiest football team I've ever been on. And, you know, that correlates to wins. You know, I mean, I think if you look at our starting lineup from week one to week 15 or whatever we're in, there's only one change. And that happened because Vinny McConnell, the starting right guard, got mono. And then when he recovered from mono, he earned his his, uh, starting spot back. But Lawrence Metz did an unbelievable job filling in for him and got first team all conference. I mean, you know, it's just, it's a testament to the guys, how they take care of their bodies, how we train and really our sports med staff and how we take care of our guys. Um, so there was a follow-up to that question um, comment that I thought that you might find funny. It was just that uh, if there is a secret sauce, we shouldn't know it. So that's, if there is a secret uh, sauce, we shouldn't know it. <laughs> um, I, I mean, think is it's you know what? It's the uh, it's the Michael Jordan secret juice from uh, Space Jam. Mm-hmm. It's whatever you want to be. You know, again, 
Only you can tell yourself what you want to do. Only you hold yourself to certain limitations. Um, you know, again, like I said, the wheel's not broken. Science of strength conditioning, of building your body and your mind and your heart and all those things. Yes, follow that. But when it really dives down to it, you got to develop the heart and the mind. And I think, uh, you know, I pride myself and my staff in this whole entire program on doing that better than anybody in the country. You are off the hot seat, but I want to point out that I think my favorite moment overall, because I, I look for the funny and everything of this entire podcast thus far was when you were talking about dudes and Brent was asking a question about dudes and Brady just grunted at him. And that was, I think, my favorite moment of this entire podcast <laughs> thus far. Because we are dudes. <laughs> it happened. Oh, You're yeah. on mute, Chad. I just ran the numbers just to make sure. And the win Saturday was the 43rd career win as a starting quarterback for Desmond Ritter. That puts him, huh? That, that moves him into sole possession for third place all time behind number one, Kellen Moore, Boise State, 50 and three. But here's the interesting part. Number two, Colt McCoy, 45 wins. So Dez, with a national championship, could become tied as the second most winningest QB in college football history. Here's the other thing. Colt doesn't have a national championship. Colt McCoy, 45 and 8. Dez Ritter would be 45 and 6 because you lost a couple games due to COVID last year. So Des would have the higher winning percentage and thus become the second winningest quarterback in the history, history of college football. And again, 43 wins out of our 47 since we took over. Desmond Ritter, yeah. Think about that. Don't share that stat with him until after he has a national championship ring. You have, you have, you have 48, you have 48 wins. 47. Or 47. So actually that's 42 for Des. Cause he technically no. didn't start his first game. But did you, did you count the, what was it? The Virginia tech game? Yeah. yeah I counted all of them. He started that game. Right, right, but but, but people say like it was UCLA. like a, he only played a couple series because he got hurt type thing. So yeah. Oh well, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with it. I'm giving yeah, him 43. Let's, let's roll with it. You gotta roll with it. You got to. It's like yeah. you, it's like what else you got to do, Brady? You know what else you got to do? What else? Pump it up. Pump it up. <laughs> you have to. It's the rules. Ain't nobody gonna check that tape of the UCLA game. Oh, I hate ads. Oh, whoa! <laughs> I like I like that one though. <laughs> We're playing your exit music too.
Brady Collins, the GOAT. Thank you for coming on the BBP yet again. Love you, Brady. Brady, you're the man. Thank you so much, brother. Hey, we'll see you in Dallas, baby. Yes, sir. We will, baby. We will. And 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 you're back to whenever whenever you want on. Just text me on Monday. There we go. I'll have you on. There we go. I'm back, baby. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're, and we built this city. <laughs> we built this city. Hey. Crazy love you, brother. brother. All right. Love you guys. Take care, man. Love you, Brady. See you, man. Oh, gosh. Gotta love a little, little Brady Collins fix. I mean, this is just, again, like opportunities like that don't just happen to podcasts, right? To have a, a coach take time out of his evening as many times as Brady Collins has done for us. Like, that's just a testament to you, Chad, and what you've built. Like, he might, kinda, he might kind of like us too a little bit. You know what it's, I mean? It's it's wild. I would think if he didn't like us, he probably wouldn't be come, be, keep coming back on. So, well, this this time I did hit him up because I was like, well, he's got some well time shoot, off. Yeah, yeah. Might as well shoot. Like the, everything's kind of coaches are on the road, players right. are taking a couple days off. Might shoot as well see up. what Brady's up to tonight. But but the last two times he's been on, he hit me like. You guys, you guys, you guys want me on your on your podcast tonight? Yes. Well, duh. Well, it's and also I, your podcast, Brady. You are <laughs> like this is also your podcast. You're one of the bees, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, very good. What uh, what what's I, your middle name, Aaron? Christopher. Ah, damn. We need to get a bee somewhere. Um, Bitch. I I, I sent him. Get out of here. God, I, I, I sent him a text on on Friday night, just congratulating him. Didn't expect to hear back, and he did Saturday get back to night. me. Or Saturday night, I'm sorry. And he yeah. did get back to me like very early Sunday morning. Um, prior to him going home, uh, it was like just after midnight. But mm-hmm. I didn't expect to hear back. I just wanted to let our guy know, like I was thinking about him. Congratulations, you know. So, just a testament to who he is. We love him. We love Brady Collins. And that was, and, and I mean, that was, you know, obviously it, it encapsulates everything that has happened the past week, the past couple of weeks, this entire season kind of brought up to this point, because yes, this is a time where these players get a little break and, you know, you can kind of look back and, and, and be proud of yourselves for what you've been able to accomplish up to then. And then you flip a switch and it's right back to preparation for Nick Saban and the, the Bama boys, which by the way, I am happy that it was it was Alabama because what what better of a storyline than the top of the food chain in the college football world and then the Bearcats who the national media is finally starting to warm up to a little bit but overall the pulse is still I mean you hop on Twitter you you go numerous places and it's oh Bama's gonna win by 40. Oh, well, this is this. Maybe that, they yeah. do. Maybe, maybe they, they do. do. Yes. Right. Who gives but a I'm shit? Saying, but I'm saying. Give a, give a fuck. Give, right. I don't, I don't give a fuck. But I'm saying I'm happy that this is the opportunity in front of me. Yeah. And, and not, you know, just a random Oklahoma State game or something along those lines. You know, 
I I like the cream of the crop. You know, beat well, them and like you said, it's it's history. And what well, it already is history, but beat them and it's it's just even more engraved. We have roughly three weeks to break that game down. I don't know that we should spend any more time tonight breaking that game down. Oh, no, I, we got I was not going to. Believe me, I was not going to. But so, no. Do we need to even I, break down Houston? Because I feel like you I feel like you did that a lot, Chad, on the I was gonna agree on the happy hour. Yeah, we don't really have to. And we did an hour and a half with Brady. So like yeah, we had the post-game pod, we had Dave after dark, we had you know two hours, hour and a half with members talking about the game. I think that has been Kerry capped it off perfectly with his further review. Mm-hmm. They're champions, Chad, man. Chad's nightcaps. I love but, the nightcap. You know what? I I do want to uh, – I teared up during the press conference a tiny bit. Just when they asked Des about what Coach Fickle has meant to him. Brent, because we have it a was, question in the, in the mailbag about this. Oh, I thought we already asked it to Brady, so I thought – Well, we I mean, gonna I was going to re-ask it. I was going to re-ask it here, but go on. Well, no, I, it just – I mean, Des's answer to that was powerful, you know, just about – how, how, how much Coach Fickle has meant to him and how genuine that was. That was the time for me. And then again, on the field, when I saw just the whole crowd pouring out, because I was at that at the AAC championship last year. And Chad, you can attest to this. Man, it is just completely night and, well, nip at night and day from what we saw on Saturday. Because, yes, there was celebration, but it was, yeah, it was celebration, but it was, you know, it was all the team. They had to do it organically, but this was just something that, was special. It was uh, that was awesome, absolutely awesome. But um, there's something else going on. I, did you, you guys have anything else on football? I don't. I mean, there's there's some mailbag questions. So anything yeah. else we need to get to, I think we can get to. Yeah, I'll round up to it. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, let's real quick basketball. You know, they beat Bryant. It was a uh, it was a win. A rock fight. It was a yeah, exactly. The uh, shooting numbers weren't great, but you know what, guys, I'm. I'm going to tell you, give you a score real quick tonight. The Florida Gators scored 54 points tonight. Okay. The number 20 ranked Florida Gators. Texas Southern came into the game 0 and 7. Texas Southern scored 69 points, 69 to 54. So just win, baby. Just win the games, man. And I, what the net came out today, a great starting point in the net for the Bearcats. The Bryant game was was ugly in the beginning. They pulled it out as a victory. Chad, you did a great job in your bites just recapping that one. But now it's 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 a week off, and it's another just monster game. Of course, it's a crosstown shootout. It's a crosstown shootout week, Chad. I'm sure you guys are gonna dive into it on the on the BCJ pod as much as you can. I I know Dave will will we've, try we've got, this. We've got it, we've got a great I've got two weeks of guests lined up for the BCJ pod. Okay. This week, Wednesday, we're going to do a Wednesday recording this week. Heard that. Mo Edgar joins us. Perfect. Perfect. Is this going to be be the first stream yard? I think so. I think it's the first stream yard. Very good. So we will be, just with Brady, we didn't want to switch that up today. Yeah. Uh, We will be moving to stream yard. You will be able to watch the podcast live. And I believe we can do three platforms so we can put it live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. So uh, you, you will be able to do that. Uh, Mo Egger this week 
And then next week, I think again on Wednesday, I am working in conjunction with the Cincinnati Letterman's Club. And we're going to do a roundtable with eh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 former Bearcat players talking about what this has all meant to them, what this experience, what this journey, what watching this team reach the apex of college football. As somebody mentioned it, my mentions today. Yes, Aaron. As you're putting that together, I want you to keep in mind that whoever is on the stream yard, you can only have 10 people total. I think I might go back to Zoom, Zoom for that because okay. I can have as many as I want. I just wanted and to you can sure still post we were... it afterwards. Yeah, too. I can still post it afterwards. Um, next week, next week we'll be live. Or this week we'll be live with Mo. Next week we'll probably be back on Zoom just for the magnitude of that because I want to get as many of those guys as I can. Somebody, somebody reached out today and said they wanted to hear a roundtable of former players, and I was like, "That's a great fucking idea." Fully agree that that would be something that would be a perfect piece of content in this month leading up to the cotton bowl or three and a half, three weeks, three and a half weeks, whatever it is. Um, so those are the next two BCJ podcasts that, that we're working on. And then I've got something I'm trying to accomplish for the third one and we'll see how it goes. Interesting. Interesting. So we're going to, we're going to have, we're going to have a big couple BCJ pods. Uh, we had a huge BBP tonight already with Brady Collins. We'll have signing day coming up that we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to discuss. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. A lot, we have quite a lot going on. Do we have that guest we were trying to work out for last week on uh, PTP for this week? I mean, as long as he remembers agreeing to do it. <laughs> he had a fun night on saturday that he did we ran it we ran into the guest he had a very good time on saturday he he's got my back so that's why i love him and if, and you know who you are you know who you are but the craziest thing is we've gone this deep and there's a crosstown shootout on saturday you know it's it's like that's how special right now it, it, it's a seven it's, and two cincinnati it's a team fo- it's a football school it's a football school. <laughs> Ooh, I, yeah, I sent that that text in my group chat on on a uh, on on Sunday, and that was not very well received. But um, it's wild the level that this team, this program, the school is at right now. And I, you know, what the rise just 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 starting. I feel like I, I feel like it really is just starting. But you know, basketball, big opportunity on Saturday, um, eight thirty p.m. Man. What an interesting, t- you know, tip off. I, I think what everyone will be probably about eight skyline chilies deep, and you know about what thirty five beers by by the eight thirty when that rolls around. So thirty five, yeah, that's that's the number. I reach it about ten times. So don't you worry, Aaron. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Saturday is a big chance because at Xavier. First crosstown shootout. What Mick won his first back and what? Yeah, was but it, it was it was at fifth third. It was at fifth third, right? It's gonna be a tough challenge, but Illinois just beat Iowa today. That's looking like a game that is is a win that's getting better and better as each week passes. 
I, anything can happen in college basketball this year. It truly seems like, and you know, we, we mentioned rock fights and in the way that this team is playing, I'm not going out on a limb and saying, you know, stamp it. That's a, that's a victory, but anything can happen. Texas Southern just beat Florida at Florida for crying out loud. I mean, here's the thing. If they don't get better on the defensive glass, they're going to get killed. Oh yeah. Right. Oof. Xavier turns Dude. it over a bunch, but they're great on the glass. I was talking to somebody today, and, and I, I, was, I talked about my theory on the, uh, the bites last night. Not only is it giving up second-chance points, but it's missing on the ability to get out in transition against the defense that isn't yet set. Right. And they brought up a third point. A lot of times, this team is playing great defense yeah. for 26, 27, 28, 29 seconds. They get a missed shot because of the great defense. And then there's an offensive rebound. And now you instantly have to dig back in, play another 20 seconds of defense. And it, the more it happens, the more it's a gut punch, right? Right. The more it emotionally drains a team. Oh. And that's – it was a great – I was like, that's, that's actually – phenomenal point because you've got three things that the, the three things I just mentioned working against you when you can't defensive rebound, when you can't consistently clean the glass, we've talked about why. And a lot of it is factual. Yeah. They just don't have a lot of length at the guard positions and the wing positions. Right. And teams are noticing that on tape. And, and our, you know, that's what, that's what happens in basketball, right? Somebody gets you. Arkansas mm-hmm. got him on right. the offensive glass. Mm-hmm. Now the tape is out. Right. Now everybody knows we can get them on the offensive glass. Yeah. So they're attacking the offensive glass with their guards and wings. Bryant was sending five. Yeah. They weren't sending four. They were sending five at times. Ag- aggressively, too. Yeah. So they're going to have to counterpunch. Like that's, that's how a season works, man. Right. Especially in a situation like this, the new coach, mostly new roster, a lot of unknowns. You're a surprise for those first couple weeks. They're not a surprise anymore. And people know we can punk them on the, on the offensive glass. Mm-hmm. And until they show otherwise, they got, they got work to do. Well, and, and think about what's what's happened recently as well. You know, different players have been out in different in certain games just yeah. because of how much they played. And, you know, Wes mentioned it last last night in the press or just nine games in, in three weeks or something like that. That's that's a lot of just back to back to back. That's a grind. And, you know, yeah, Jeremiah Davenport sure. out last night, uh, you know, John Newman out against Monmouth. I, like these are the continuity is something you want to get. And now you got a week off a chance to kind of, kind of freshen up and, and, and heal yourselves. But, you know, we can't continue talking basketball without mentioning someone who, who Aaron likes to say is, uh, well, how do we phrase it? Locked in. Locked in. <laughs> Aaron, I, first double, double in the career for Mr. Victor Locken last night. And, you know, he just continues to be a player that is that seemingly coming into his own and far exceeding expectations. 
And he's got a chance to really, really cement himself as a, a, a young up and comer of Bearcat lore. If he can do something pretty special on, on a Saturday and have a, have a very solid game. Well, let's start here. The dude actually makes free throws, which is something the team has struggled with all season long. He was five for six in the game against Bryant. Kudos to him on that. 13 minutes played, and he got a double-double. 13 mm-hmm. minutes, Brent. Yeah. That's crazy. It is. Once he figures re- out. I'm also reading things wrong. It was 13 points in 23 minutes. Yeah. So I'm oh, yeah. reading the internet wrong. Dumbass. And that's that's I was fine. just agreeing with you. Now, but he, I, I, I mean, even still, 23 minutes, though, and to get a double-double, that, that's still fairly impressive for a freshman. Uh, I love but, him in that 20, 25-minute range. I love his, seeing him on the floor for 23 minutes. His energy is still unmatched, I think, on this team. I've, I've said it all season. Um, the, the steal he had for the breakaway dunk, just as, as depressing as it was to watch him dribbling the ball on a breakaway, he got the job done, got the dunk in, didn't land funny like Newman did on his breakaway dunk. Um, you know, well, that's I mean, a momentum thing. I get it. I mean, th- that was it was a the whole thing was just the steal came at a prime time to continue to build on the momentum that they already had started to build. Yeah. And it just caused a huge swing in Cincinnati's favor at that point. But the guy, like I said, from from jump this season has just been the high energy guy, and especially with uh, Davenport out with the issues that he was having this week. You needed that. You absolutely needed that guy coming off the bench. And it was also good to have Newman back and kind of doing that same thing. It, I don't know. I mean, it, it we, we shouldn't be saying a game against Bryant was a good win, but you saw some things that after the first 10 minutes when you had, what, no, no field goals made after – what I think it took 12 minutes, 13 minutes. They, they were oh for their first 11. It took a long then time. Then they went, then they went 10 for their next 13. Yep. And then I think they went like five for their next 20. Like and and to still score hot, se- cold, hot, right. cold. And to still score 72 and get into a point where you can bring in at the end of the game your walk-ons. I, I don't know what I watched. It was absolutely wild, and I was also a little disappointed to a friend of the show, Justin Berg, that he didn't have a Twitter spaces to where we could all just kind of dive into some of those feelings at halftime. <laughs> Shout yeah. out. Shout out, Berg. Come on. Next time. But the other thing to, to, to think about all, as well is, you know, when you go through these scoring spells, if you will, I mean, Dave DeJulius kind of was the one who brought the spark in the first half. He had 14 of his 16. And most of them, if not all, coming within that last 10 minutes. Uh, and then you look in the second half when when the Julius only scored second, sorry, two. Mikey Saunders was able to pick up his game. He scored double figures in the second half. Uh, you know, it's kind of that one-two punch at the guard position. What you really love to see, uh, Micah second in the country and and assist to turnover ratio. I don't know what, if that number still holds true. After I think he had four assists and three turnovers yesterday, right. so um, could could be different, but um, he was right up there at the top uh, heading into that game. And then Odie Oguama, man, Odie is a player that's really developing into just just that that you know what they called him the the Energizer Bunny type looking you know player. Last night is what Wes was referring to, and I mean when him and Vic are on the floor together, and then you have you know Mikey or or you know. 
pretty much anyone else out there. It, it just seems like the team kind of takes that, that their game to another level. And then you throw in Abdul, Adu, 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 or whatever. Adu, Adu. And when he's on, like he was against Miami, which was a pretty crazy game. Career high. Yeah, double-double as well. So, it, you know, it, it just really speaks to Wrong. the pieces that the team has. Well, yeah. No, I meant for, <laughs> with Cincinnati. With Cincinnati, it was a career high. No, I was the announcer. I, was, I know he from, kept on saying that it was from nine points on said it was his career high. I know because <laughs> he only bothered to look six games into his career. Yeah, jackass. Is it safe to say that was a good kind of? It's not going to be the same atmosphere or the same team, obviously that Xavier's going to be. But it was good to have a true road environment and kind of, kind of a ruckus one that was really sure. F, FUC the entire game. I've it's never got to be pretty valuable. We, we talked about this on the sideline when we were sitting there watching everything transpire in the final minutes of the football game, Brent, you and I. Yeah. Or, or maybe it was even in the press box. But I've never heard a school chant F you to the other team so many times. And correct me if the I'm UC wrong. The UC student section of football does it a ton. Sure. That's a football game. It's a little bit different atmosphere. But for a basketball game, I've never heard that many times to the opposition. And correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they want to be a or, or consider themselves the Ivy League of the Midwest? I don't know. Your family owns the city. Not not my Ivy League. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we've got a big mailbag chat. I'm sure you guys are going to dive in a lot more into that Xavier game. Uh, Xavier's got some pretty familiar faces still on the squad. So uh, I'm sure everyone will be uh, happy to see OX back on the court come on Saturday, huh? I'm not going. <laughs> I hate that no? place. Centos? They put me in the fucking last row every time. I'm not going to that shithole to sit in the last row of the stadium. I'm, not going. I'm sure it has nothing to do with you going at every Xavier fan's neck. Free Skyline. I'll pay for Skyline. <laughs> <laughs> what about the fact that people on on Bearcat Journal's doing Bearcat Journal's doing really well right now? I'll pay for Skyline. I'm good. What, what about the fact that people still on social media are staying hashtag zip them up still? All these years later, they got they some thugs. We got some gangsters in our locker room. You got knocked the fuck out. That did happen. Golly. Yeah. All right. Ready for the mailbag? Or do we uh, have anything else? Anything recruiting before we move in? It's normally where we drop quick recruiting tidbits. Uh, there, might, there, there might be something tomorrow. Okay. I know you t- you touched on it in the uh, in the Dave After Dark, but I, I think it's still worth mentioning here. If people didn't listen to Dave After Dark, JQ with that huge bump. 93. 24-7's got him in a 93. His composite's, what, almost 91 now? Huge bump. And he's got true size. You see him standing next to Luke and he's he's 6'3. Yeah. Yeah, it's legit. 6'3. All right. Aaron, let's do it. But but yeah, tomorrow. So so uh, just keep keep your eyes peeled. By the way, by the way, the mailbag is sponsored. Why? I did forget this. By who? You didn't send us this read, Chad. It's the Bearcat Bounce mailbag brought to you 
by our five friends at 513shirts.com. Hey! Would you like gear some, that none of us Would have. you like some Bearcat Journal gear? Yes. Would you like the Bearcat Journal t-shirt? We've Ooh, got I'm Bearcat Journal it. hoodies. We got Bearcat Journal hats. Oh, spicy. The Pro Fit, Flex Fit. We got trucker hats. We got red helms. Christmas coming up. We got Christmas coming up. 513shirts.com. Spend over 50 bucks. You get free shipping. Oh. They have lots of other stuff. You can support oh. Republic of Cincinnati there. Mm-hmm. There's lots of great Cincinnati-centric items, options. With a name like 513 Shirts, I never would have guessed that. Wow. I know. For the Bearcat Journal collection, you go to 513 Shirts, you drop down to partners, and we're one of the partners. And you can go in and get your BCJ gear or get all of your Christmas shopping needs at 513 Shirts. And then Chad, calm. Chad, you know what you should do after you get your gear from 513 Shirts? What's that? You should probably drive your car over to... Danco transmissions and I don't care. Get yourself a little oil change. Well, ten dollars off that oil change. Wear your gear over there. Mention BCJ. Ten dollars off at Danco transmissions. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Brent. If you buy your BCJ gear from five one three shirts, you won't even have to say it. It'll be on your person. You could literally forget to mention it, and they'll say, "Oh, wait a minute." See. I mean, Brent. Brent's like trying to cover up a sponsor with another sponsor. Like, got to build them in together. Oh, come on! Uh, I just gotta, did build them in together. I built them in together. What I said: wear your gear from Five One Three Shirts to Danco Transmissions. After I, was like, I said not it, not it in together. All right. So that mailbag brought to you by Five One Three Shirts. Let's start off on the football side. Uh, do you like Mets or Vinny at right guard for the matchup in the semifinals? Also, over under 23 for high school signees next Wednesday. Uh, I'll take you, Aaron, for the over under 23. What do you think? Well, I mean, I'm looking and I'm seeing that we currently have 20 commits. Okay. I got to stay under because I, right now, I mean, I know that Things are in a little bit of transition right now. I don't have the same type connect that I once had a couple weeks ago with the recruiting. However, I think to make moves in the next, what, week? Signing day the 8th or the 15th? So, Sterling Lane was in this weekend. Talk to him. You get two more uncommitted recruits in next weekend Mm -hmm. that would be 23 if you got all three of them i I, I take the under i take the under it could be a push and are we counting transfers this because transfers don't sign on signing day this is why Vegas always has a half. That's where you messed up, J-Sag, Sensi. Well, well, but they said they said freshman, though. Okay. Then um, I would, I would take I was, the I was under. considering that. 23, yeah. I would take the under. 
but a push is possible. And as far as uh, Mets and McConnell go, I think you ride the hot hand like like it seems like they've kind of been doing. They did it against Houston. Both were seeing the field a lot. You saw Mets a lot in the second half as well. So, I mean, when you have a first-team all-conference player who is, I mean, I don't I mean, know. I, here's the thing. The, like I worry. Big. Yeah. They are. But Vinny is much more technically sound. And I, I would, I'm guessing Alabama is going to be doing a lot to try to at the line, confuse that line, stunts, twists, some Mets. Yeah, yelling Mets at the snap because they know that messes with him. Uh, I, I would probably go Vinny for the experience against Alabama. And then if it doesn't work, you got Mets there ready to go. Right. Or if anybody gets injured. Right. God forbid. I, I would, I would go Vinny. Uh, can you think of when the last time a leading head coaching candidate interviewed and bombed it? Any school. It seems like you only ever hear they go well. Well, that's because you just nobody talks. They, they act like it didn't happen when they don't go well. It's like official visits, right? Like you only hear about the good. Um, so I can't, off the top of my head, I can't recall any coaching but, I, you know, you get so locked in, especially in this particular job, because they're so involved in the uh, coaching carousel every year. Because either everybody wants our coaches or you hire Tommy Tuberville and everybody wants them fired. <laughs> like, I'm so wrapped up in what's happening here that I don't get probably as uh, – involved in what's happening elsewhere if that makes sense all right so Uh, i don't recall any but they're gonna protect that like you know fort knox yeah if they they interviewed and the guy bombed right and and also you don't want to like make that public because who knows what kind of connections that person may have and right so yeah What's the financial benefit for UC and the AAC for making the playoff? A lot so, of money. so the school gets the school gets like two point six million for travel. Now, the thing you have to remember is, I believe they leave on the twenty sixth for the Cotton Bowl, and then they'll you know they'll fly out either the, the night of the game or, or they'll stick around and fly out on the first. Um, that's quite a few nights with like 150 hotel rooms, right? So it's, it's an expensive endeavor. Each player gets um, in a hotel room? Even if they double up, you're still talking support staff and coaches sure. and just there's curious. a lot of hotel rooms. I'm just ballparking a figure. Um. And then the conference gets six million dollars to split amongst the schools. So about half, you know, uh, five hundred thousand dollars each school uh, in the conference. Okay. No, um, I mean, that was a pretty direct question. I don't know what else. Like, I, I don't have anything else to say. A lot of money. They get a lot of money. Yeah. A lot more than they would have if they had not won. Played in the Birmingham Bowl, right? Correct. Uh, what song 
describes our ascension up to football elite. Brady we built today. this city. We built this city on rock <laughs> and roll. Very good. All right. Um, would it be possible to get UC to stream a Bearcat Classic basketball game from the Final Four year? I know this is in the football bag, but I was going to forget it if I didn't come back to it. I uh, I'll ask around. Yeah, wasn't it like I with thought her that passing, was a, with yeah. her passing, it feels awesome. in a slow week, maybe they could set something up. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Actually, yeah, that's a good point because it was kind of just a filibuster during the, uh, the quarantine times. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, right so. now we're in a slow week. Like, right. You know, the coaches are out, out visiting recruits. No basketball. There's no basketball Saturday. until Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'll see what I can do. I think. Um, I, did they end? Go, Aaron. No, I would go ahead. What do you got? Well, I'm looking it up real quick. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I know we kind of glossed over Dewan Briggs with, uh, with Brady. Well, I'm not even glossed over. We did a fairly deep dive, but. Uh, the question here is, what do you attribute Jawan Briggs' emergence to over the past few games, strictly in regards to Van's absence? Reps, right? Like, he's out there. He's getting a feel for what the opposing tackle is trying to do to him. There's not a whole lot of tape on him at edge. As a, as a you know, and when they go four-man, he's moving inside some when they go to the four-man front on passing downs. But I, I think he's just taking advantage of being out on the field more. Being more involved allows you to find more of a rhythm. When you find more of a rhythm, you do more things like hit the quarterback in the face. And you know what also I think as well, and Brady kind of touched on it too, was the fact that, you know, you saw it mentioned with, with you know, Darrell White back in the day. You saw it mentioned again with Darian Beavers last season. was the fact that, you know, these once the players start playing without – thinking too much i think yeah that's that's part of it that's that's playing time right you've seen briggs kind of just flip that switch i mean and it does seem like he's just going out there and he's just playing and i mean it's just it's really awesome to see that and why not it's fantastic so i know we talked about who shed a little tear saturday night and i think this is going to be geared more towards us as opposed to the the question that was posed at brady um and the response here is uh, Saturday and Sunday when rewatching it and Fick hug Des was, was the response to that question. Um, I'm a little disappointed myself that I got so caught up in the moment and being on the field and the lights and all of that, that I lost sight of the fact that my, my dad, I know I've talked about my dad and his passing several years ago, um, but, but I got caught up in the moment and forgot the fact that my dad's the whole reason that I'm a UC fan. <laughs> Yeah, I grew up watching the games together, and Same. like, like I, I just lost sight of all of that, and it's really hit me in the days since that my dad wasn't here to a see like me in this environment with all of you guys here and, and Bearcat Journal and all of that, and and b, uh, just you know this is the school he went to, this is the school that he graduated from, uh, whereas I went to Wright State. And like, this is where my whole fandom lies. And, and the fact that I wasn't able to just separate myself from the moment enough to, to feel that I'm, I'm a little disappointed in myself in that regard. I think from like, I, I always, when Nippert is like that, I've made it a habit over the years because I've also been through, you know, the lean years and the re even the recent years, you know, where 
you get into November and the team's got three, four wins and nobody's there. And you, you reminisce back to, you know, what this place can be like in those big games. I've always made it a point when the team is taking the field to like, kind of try to, to take that in, right. To kind of like, cause that's, that's like the pure emotion of like, let's, let's go. Right. Like the, the fireworks go off and the smoke goes off and the team runs out of the tunnel and the band's playing the student sections going crazy. We're all busy. Um, yeah. Like, like I, I typically do everything I can to at least take a moment to appreciate it. And I'm, I'm a crier. I am like, Same. just, just, it's who I am. Um, so I'll tear up a lot. And I, I definitely teared up a little when, I mean, because if you go back even last year, not last year, but the year before in the 2009, 2008, like those years, that place wasn't full at kickoff, right? Like it was a, people were late to get out of their tailgate. People were late to get into the stadium you know, by the middle of the first quarter, the place was full. But, like, as the team came out of the tunnel, it was still, you know, 60%, 70%. And these past couple of weeks, like senior day and then again Saturday, that place was fucking packed. And it was loud. And it was just like, you know, I, I allow myself to, like, let that emotion hit me. Because I think it's important to like take that in. Mm-hmm. What, if not, what else are we doing this for? Right? I, I like lost, I, I lost sight of it. And I'm you'll learn. To... You'll learn. And then like, at the end, obviously, you know, a little bit. But what got me, and I talked about it on After Dark, was was riding home. And my dad's next to me. My dad has season ticket. My dad has a season ticket. How great, like how diehard is that? He had a couple buddies that he normally likes to go to games with and they were hemming and hawing on whether they were going to get season tickets. And, you know, so he was like, fuck it. I'm getting a ticket. I'm going to all of these games. So I'm getting a ticket. So when the conference championship game tickets opened, he bought an extra for Kelsey because Kelsey watched all the games this year. She's starting to become a Bearcat. And we're driving home. I love that for you, by the way. It's awesome. Because <laughs> she's like me. Like, the reason, I, one of the big reasons I'm a Bearcat is because my, my family's from Kentucky. Most of my family are Kentucky fans. And I'm like, well, no, I'm not doing that. If all <laughs> you guys are that, I'm not going to do that. So my dad and my uncle were UC fans. So I was like, well, I'm a UC fan. So I can talk shit at Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> so your daughter comes your daughter comes by being a contrarian, honestly. Honestly, yeah, she gets it honestly. So she's always like, you know, she used to like taunt me with like throwing up the X, and I'm like, I'm gonna kick you out of my house. <laughs> yeah. What? Like, I don't think you understand. You think ha ha funny. I think get the fuck out. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know you're six. I know you're six, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're driving home and he bought an extra ticket. He took Kelsey with him to the game. She was at the Simone family tailgate, uh, that now has a sponsor for next year. 
There's a beer sponsor for the Simone family tailgate for next year. Heard who it is. If you'd like, yeah. Real interesting. If you'd like to be the food sponsor for the Simone family tailgate, that is still open. Um, DMs are open. Uh, But out of nowhere, just out of nowhere as we're riding home, dad, I want to be a bear cat. And I was like, <laughs> I'm driving, kid. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I still remember my dad driving back in, in the late 90s, early 2000s, his 1994 Tempo that had a Bearcat helmet air freshener. And it was like an actual, like, mini helmet, but it was an air freshener dangling from his, his rear view. And I've never seen it before or since. I don't know where the hell he even got it from. But he what was. What does it smell the, like? I don't. It, it never smelled. It never <laughs> smelled. Oh, just yeah, yeah, okay. But it's it, just, I, it was I, decoration. I know yeah, at some yeah. point. It was, no, I think at some point it was an air freshener, but I never smelled <laughs> it. But it, I, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was just always there, and it's one of the things that's always stuck with me of a memory of my dad, and like he was one of the the people. He didn't ever have season tickets, but he would go when there was no one there because mm-hmm. he could go back to school and be part of this for nothing like it cost it cost nothing to go to the bearcats football games at that point yeah. you all remember i mean same here yeah well my dad was a graduate my mom too there so yeah we went to games when there was no one there sat front row right would would kind of chat with the cheerleaders and Which, the bearcat kudos to spencer tuckerman for dropping that picture on from from november of what 2016 i think it was that mm-hmm. there was like 17 people in the stands or whatever it was like I mean, I'm sure it was more than that, but I mean, it looks like no one. Right. And and then to go back and, and look at what it was on Saturday night, it was just really, really cool. So I'm mad that at myself for getting caught up in the moment. You'll and, learn. And miss missing the, the moment that I could have shared with my dad post-mortem, obviously, but that's-, that's You'll learn. Like, it, it, you, you know, you live and you learn. That's really your first time. Yeah. Being- down there for something like that i've been fortunate enough since 2006 that there's been enough of those moments right that you you understand like take a second because you've earned that like you deserve a second as it's all happening like like just just like you were talking about with des trying to, to separate himself from everybody even with everybody running after him as he as he tries to get away and just take it in for a second this is crazy <laughs> this is crazy right that was that was my favorite part of that video was him just getting away and just he was he only went up two steps and and people discovered that he was on those two steps real fast but he just jumped up on those two steps for a second to just breathe and look at it and and for him to realize I did this, right? It's the house of death right now. Did this. I mean him him and Luke. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. All right. Uh, if you could be guaranteed a victory over Alabama, but you would also be accepting a loss in the championship game with the deal, would you take that offer over a crapshoot? Whatever happens, happens, understanding you would still have a chance to win it all in that scenario. Yes. I think I'd take it. I think if since I think if Cincinnati beats Alabama, the rest doesn't matter. 
Like, of course it matters. But the lasting memory of the 2021 football season will be whoever was champion, right? And that Cincinnati beat Alabama. That was the year Cincinnati beat Alabama. Remember 2021? That was the year Cincinnati beat Alabama. Well, also in that scenario, no one could ever tell you that you didn't belong. Right. No no one. For eternity. No one. Right. You beat Alabama in the college football playoff. I, I would take it. I think I would take it, and I would be happy. Now, with house that money. said, that said, if you didn't take it, they could still beat Alabama. I know, don't, but I'd take the don't... sure thing. I think I'd take the sure thing. I think that's look it's winning be two game. games. Winning two games either way is going to be damn near impossible, right? For anybody, for anybody. For any of the four. I think I I think I'd take I think I'd take the bet. Now, if it was like you can you can beat Michigan or you take your chances, I take my chances. It's if you beat Georgia and you take your chances, I take my chances. But it's Alabama. It's Alabama. It's Alabama. Take the fucking win. Like and no one, no one ever can ever can take that away. Ever from you. tell you that you didn't belong. Right. How are you feeling, Brent? You know, I, uh, I all of me wants to just say, just, just take it as a crapshoot, really. That's because but, you're the eternal optimist. We know that. No, I know, I know, but I, I don't know. I, I do see the side of taking the the guarantee against Bama, and then you just got to hope that they put up one hell of a fight in the national championship. Well, this as is well. saying that you would also be accepting. You're not going to win. No, I know, but I'm saying put up one hell of a fight. In this in this genie wish out of your, your magic lamp. Yeah, because, I mean, you could beat Bama after Bryce Young and Jameson Williams get hurt in the first drive and then lose by 60 to Georgia. But still, you did, you did still beat Bama. I agree. I don't know. That's a tough one. Really I don't think it one. is. I don't think it's tough. I think, you, I think you take the house money, you beat Bama, and – you know, you know, you know who I think wouldn't take that? The team, the staff. Luke Fickle. Yeah. Yeah. Of course yeah. not. Right. Hey, no, I know. hey, chat, chat, in this scenario, if you know that you're going to be losing in the championship, we both run to Indiana and put everything we own on. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's really a win win, right? Let's let's <laughs> money, money, line, <laughs> money line, Georgia or Michigan, however much money is in my bank account. Just all of it. You, you mortgage mortgage the house whatever, well, no. whatever you got to do sell the car who cares no money line since if in that scenario right gets banned no none of uh, i yeah i mean in the championship game well well yeah you, you could take whoever since you, you could yeah, double you could dip double then dip. yeah yeah you could double dip wow all right with the extra time to work things it. out who's the starting place kicker against bama Bales from Desmond distance, Ritter. Lowry from Lowry Desmond from Ritter. Desmond Ritter. Yeah. I mean, I know I we obviously we're, we weren't going to ask Brady about that because we're not going to ask him to talk in that light on any of his players. But what are we doing? Desmond Ritter. Yeah, look. If you're not confident, you can knock one in from 23 or 26 or whatever it was. You just go for it. You go yeah, for at it. At this point, I mean, 
I don't I don't think outside of a, an extra point, this team's can't kick going into any game, right? In the in the last two, right? Like they're just going for it always. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll love you tomorrow. A little off topic, but not really, since we can face Only Michigan. Only a day away. A little off topic, but not really, since we could face Michigan in the ship. Did anyone else know and realize, I didn't until yesterday, that Jim Harbaugh was the brother-in-law of Tom Crean? Yeah. How fitting yes. is that? Yeah. I knew that. Yeah, we they're both assholes. That. Same. Well, they use different words, but all the same. Uh, any surprises on signing day? That's not how it has been lately. Like, signing day at the past, since they've instituted the early signing day, Signing day has been very, uh, at least at Cincinnati. Yeah. Has we've known how all the chips were going to fall. Who was the last surprise? Khalil Lewis, probably. Maybe, like, maybe. I'm sure there's been a couple that were surprises to fans. Yeah. But in terms of surprises to us, it's been, it's been pretty, pretty static. I think the bigger surprise for signing day is how many of the guys are coming in early. Up to nine, potentially, yeah. That's I love wild. It. Absolutely wild. JQ, taking that sauce path. Love it. Get those kids in here. Get them going. All right, moving on to basketball. I don't think we have anything left. I'm going to refresh while I'm moving on to basketball. Um, would the AA Energy lineup be DDJ, Mikey, JD, Newman, and Odie? Vic first off the wood. I don't know what AA stands for. All American, I guess. They're all uh, inner like double A batteries because they said a lot of energy. I don't know. Maybe. Searching for a sure. I mean, I, I think if I'm looking for like energy, you, you have to have JD. Like it would be what Vic at the five, JD at the four, or yeah, I mean, you got to have Odie in there, too. Odie. I liked Odie and Vic together. I, think I do that's, like Odie that's and Vic really together. Yeah. I do like Odie and Vic together. Um, but then JD's off the floor, and JD's an energy guy to his core. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, I those six. Yeah, those six. Yeah. Some combination of those six, yeah. Okay. Um, going back to football, we did have three questions. Uh, what... No, no one knows this. What did Amy whisper in Luke's ear on the field after the game with their kids around? Wrong answers only. Me, you, the barn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not touching this one. (laughs) Just kidding. Wrong answers only. That was the best wrong answer I could come up with. And, the, and, and that was mine. I'm not touching this one. That's Unless she said your office before we get home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were going to play one-on-one. Well, I, I didn't know if like, if like Brady or somebody yeah, else that's you call grab, grab the kids and, you know, whatever. 50-yard <laughs> line once they clear everybody out. Whatever. Take back to high school days. Uh, I'd love to hear Brady's point of view about Marcus getting the Notre Dame job and then going to the Dan Patrick show and flat out. We did that. Rooting for UC. We did do that. Again, these are, I, I had no time to even read these. 
just refreshed. Uh, when we build the Fickle statue, will Ritter get his number retired? What if he wins the national championship? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Like, uh, so the only thing that I'm going to comment on with that is I didn't like that the – I know it wasn't a home game. but they, that they covered, covered up, the ring. I was pissed. They covered up the ring the with fuck? sponsors. What the fuck? I didn't like that. I, w- I like, wasn't the only one who didn't like that. Like, No, I hated that shit. Is that something that they do because it's a not a home game? No, it's something they do because that's prime sponsor. Real estate. That's Real the estate. Banner. That's the banner right there, boy. Yeah. And it's not supposed to be there. It's supposed to be up around the Higher. stadium. Yeah. Uh, but the soccer hooligans destroyed the Ring of Honor. For anybody that didn't know that. It wasn't even roofclaim.com back there, was it? No. Uh, I think Roof Claim did have there, a spot. It was one of them. Oh, little spot. Yeah. They, they had one of them. We were. But yeah, we, I wasn't. I wasn't thrilled with that. That you you defaced the Ring of Honor with your sponsorship yeah. fucking banners. Mm-hmm. They did it last year too. I didn't like it then either. And can we become the next Oklahoma out of the Big Twelve competing every year for the CFP? Probably not. At least not right away. Like right now, that's going to be a really balanced conference. Like. You're gonna win it in your in your up years. You're not gonna. We're not at a point where Oklahoma is, in terms of program, where you're built to win it in your down years. Mm-hmm. Well, Oklahoma is getting four star, five stars every year. We that's what I mean, Aaron. Um, that's what no, I mean. that's the point. I'm further explaining your your answer there. Yeah, they're not in, in terms of roster development. They're not in a position where next year when you lose 33 seniors and like 27 of them are the heart of your program. Not to mention you're also getting some transfers out already. Ah, that's yeah. It's it's still something. Who, who, who has played that's transferring out. My point is it's still bodies to fill that you've recruited and have gone through the program already. It took Juwan Briggs, Juwan Briggs, who was a four star to crack in to, the rotation and yeah but you're talking guys that for the most but marquez bell's a little different because he was only here a year but a lot of times you know you're talking guys that are here two three years and they see the writing on the wall like there's not a spot for me so it's time for me to go find a spot yep all right that's all the football questions back to basketball what is chad's opinion on what's going on in memphis it seems like penny is lashing out at some of his highly paid via nil of course players for not being team guys shocker <laughs> does penny last have you heard of what kind of influence larry brown is having over there i haven't heard anything about larry brown i'm i'm a bit surprised but i'm not because penny took a dangerous gamble right because even without jalen duran and amani bates he was going to have a very talented roster and a veteran roster right mm-hmm. And then he introduced two guys into that program that aren't, what's the phrase, there for the right reasons? Well, I'm going to be they're, hot. They're there to get paid. I don't Pretty think accurate. Penny's there for the right reason. I, th- I think. I know. I disagree with that. I, I don't think Penny wants to be in college. I think. Penny Why else would he? No, I, I, he could have no, gone he, to the pros last yeah. year. I think he wants to be there. I think he wants to be a great coach in Memphis. I, I truly do. I don't think he liked the 
offers that were coming to him from the pros last year. If you want to get out, you get out. Me and you deal with it from there. Penny. If I <laughs> wanted you out, I'd just tell you to get out. <laughs> Penny, like you just take the jump and then you're a pro coach, right? I, I just think they're dealing with, they've got a split roster. Have like three quarters of the roster are veteran guys that are, have been right. buying in since he got to Memphis. And then you introduce this new faction of the young kids that are looking out for number one. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when you have hired guns. Well, it took coach K. They're not trained soldiers. They're not invested. Well, it took coach K what two or three seasons to figure out the one and done thing. It took Calipari a couple years to figure out the one and done thing. Cal does coach what camp Cal every year around this. this Shut up. He doesn't do anything different than any other program in the country does. Camp he just Cal, has a fucking Chad. label for it. Oh, and the tweak. Right. Whenever they're struggling, Cal's got the tweak or the twerk, I like to call it, because I think he just puts his feet up on the thing and shakes his ass. Oh, okay. On the wall? Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, I just was giving him a word for the thing. <laughs> the, the, the twerk. Just, just put it up there. Put it up on that thing. Thoughts on the issues with defensive rebounding? With so many bigs, never thought it would be an issue. Is it a lack of strength minus a doe, a do a doe amongst the bigs? Are the wings guards not helping enough? Ooh, we hit on that. that. What grade would you give Coach West so far after nine games, and what two players will have the biggest impact the rest of the season, excluding DDJ? Uh, first off, I'm going to give Coach West a nine out of 10 on that new fade he has that fade, fade look is, good the fades working look for him they look good the fade um, look also, good i don't know if you saw the video where he gave the death stare as he was shaking hands at the end of the game but do you have any insight as to who he was giving that death stare to that's chris, uh, that's my chris own mailbag that's that's my own personal mailbag. chris duhan from that uh that North Carolina Duke hatred still fuming. Probably Jared Grasso because he's a nut. He's a nut. Yeah. Did, I mean, did you see when he was shaking hands like that video? No. I'll I'll I send it to it. you. I'll send it to you while we're doing this. Uh, but what grade would you give Wes after nine games? And what two players have the biggest impact the rest of the season, excluding DDJ? I'd go a B, a solid B. He's done most me. everything, right? Yeah. Uh, you you go from so if it was just the Arkansas loss, A would be, plus. Okay, a, so you a, drop from a, an A and a, a. The Monmouth game drops you from an A to a B minus. A minus. Oh, I thought you said B minus. Okay. No, I said A minus. Okay, I, I would go a solid B, like a high B. Yeah. Because I think if you beat Mammoth, that's that's an A. If you yeah, undefeated A plus, yeah. I just tweeted, sure. tweet DM the uh, the video I was talking about to both of you guys. Um, and then um, what? Two biggest players? Who do you? I mean, I'd say I don't know. That's tough. Because DDJ is number one for me. I think I think Adu Ado is going to be one of the players that has the biggest impact. As we're talking about rebounding being an issue. And he's started to come onto his own the last couple games. I think that's a big, big deal. 
on the flip side of that coin, the other side of the ball, Mikey. I think it's Mikey. Yeah, everything. I agree. Roll Sir Mikey as long as he's staying out of foul trouble. Mikey, Vic, deal. and Odie are kind of who I see as as the big future pieces. So, on the current team, DDJ is number they, one. They, ex- they excluded DDJ. Right. In right. This question. You can't right. do that. What? I'm reading the question. I didn't write it. I'm not saying you. I'm saying the person asking the question. Pat can take away number one and then say, who are the next two? Yeah. Um, Mikey and I don't know. I always think scoring has is, is, is an impact that you really need. So Vic, I think if, if Vic can give you nine to, to 11 off the bench. Chad, we got a lot of new subscribers to BCJ with the Black Friday deal. I'm assuming Pat Kendunk might be one of those. He's not. not. He's been around for a little while. I don't recall ever having seen his name, although I don't generally look at names when I'm reading questions. But he might be new to the mailbag, but he's been around for a little while. All right, that's fair. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a little different. I'm gonna go Newman because if if I he mean, like he can he can he can shoot better than he has shown. Right. His presence was greatly missed against. Monmouth. Monmouth. Yeah, I think they they beat Monmouth if John Newman's on the floor. So I'm going to go Newman and and Vic. Interesting. No Jeremiah Davenport, but gosh. he like we know like we know it. Yeah, when his shots falling, there's I I like their chances against pretty much anybody. Maybe a ref, Aaron, because he's looking across the court. So it's that a, wouldn't I mean, be. It's that clearly wouldn't be some, any Bryant players. Clearly something that's bothering him, though, in that particular video, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, mad. mad. I, would, I would guess a ref. That's my, my guess. I would, I would venture to ask you to ask him, but I don't think we'll ever hear that answer here or anywhere else. He would probably tell me, but I wouldn't be allowed to tell you. I understand. But I would just be... I mean, I think you should show him the video if you get a chance. <laughs> Moving on. Dear Brent, and I think this is in regards to you posting the mailbag versus me because I was out running errands all morning, day, my entire life. What have you done with Aaron? Getting away from television and cinema, let's get down to the important question. As a kid, what was your go-to cereal and what was the one you could not stand? Follow-up question. I actually do not have a follow-up question. We'll let Aaron live to die another day. P.S. Fuck Kyrie. <laughs> so go, go to cereal. Go to cereal. Aaron, what's yours? For me as a kid yeah. versus me now. Me now, I'm, an, I'm not going to lie. I am an avid fan of Fruity Pebbles with marshmallows because it combines my favorite two cereals, Lucky Charms, and Fruity Pebbles with a cereal that I actually smacks and puts them together. And I'm all about that right now. I have two boxes in my cupboard as we speak. Okay. But that said, back when I was a kid, um, because apparently my gums were way better than they are now as an adult, Captain Crunch, but I can't eat it now as an adult because it just tears my gums apart. (laughs) I blame that on smoking. Gums? (laughs) Why are you chewing it with the front of your teeth? 
No, my molars, but it's tearing up my gums. Like the crunchberries, the crunchberries are gnarly, dude. What, like the side, like like the side of your your like your teeth? My, I mean, I'm I'm chewing them with my molars, but it's hitting hitting the gums back there. Man. So, like uh, the yeah. roof of your mouth. I mean, just my whole mouth. He's, I feel like it's bleeding everywhere. The it's gums are like the outside, right? It's, it's not actually bleeding, yeah. but it's just it just feels like everything hurts. The gums are the outside. Be all right. I'm just telling you, man. I don't think I'm the only one who has this issue. The roof. Uh, well, no, of course, <laughs> but it's the roof of your mouth. The, everything. That Captain Crunch destroys everything. Just I don't, my mouth okay. is destroyed. I haven't had cereal uh, in years. Like maybe well, a he maybe asked a, as a decade. Kid. You ate so cereal as a, as a kid. kid, right? Yes. I'll go with uh man. I mean, like, there's there's so many I like. Frosted flakes. Uh I like the Apple Jacks. Uh, oh, I like uh, Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> no, I don't like those. Um, Apple Jacks are fucking disgusting. You're naming I, like I, I kind of like most, them. You're naming like the most healthy, like sugar cereals. Well, blame my parents then. I do. One hundred percent. Clearly, uh, I I was never into like Tricks or Lucky Charms or Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh yeah, I love cinnamon. Golden Grams. Never really had that. Frosted mini wheats. Oh, those were good. I like those. Of course, because it was it was wheat. No, the frosted part was the best part. Not for your parents. Oh come on, relax. Relax. Uh, For for me, fruity pebbles, for sure, and and uh, cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah, cinnamon toast crunch might be number one for me, because the milk. I think so. Yeah, like cinnamon toast crunch is probably my number one cereal. But as a kid, I think I was more fruity pebbles. Um, cinnamon toast crunch is my number one coffee cream current. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like after you eat it, the milk that you put in. No, no, no. You buy cinnamon toast crunch coffee cream, which is basically. Cinnamon Toast Crunch flavored milk. So why is, why don't you just buy rum chata? It's amazing. Oh, I mean, if I'm <laughs> if I'm drinking, then I'm going just straight for the Irish cream. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> like I, I I get the I get the big one from Costco if I'm throwing that in my coffee. Yeah. Or a black Russian, I, Kahlua, and milk. No. I mean, I'm going like half. No, Kahlua and vodka. My I'm bad. going half half Irish cream and half coffee. And everyone who knows me knows that if you see me in the morning, look out. Now it's the, it's honey bunches of oats. That shit slaps. I have no With the little the little crunchy bites of of honey, like oat and honey. But I, you know, I, I'm not a I'm not a sweets guy. Like as I've gotten older, I've gotten away from sweets. I think we've had that. Sorry, like, yeah, I don't do a lot of cinnamon sweets. life. Jeez, get get out! <laughs> this right now is the the, the <laughs> gif of the guy closing the door in the other guy's face and walking away. That's right is, now. Is Chad willing to try some Indian food? I think the area near campus has some of the best spots, like Krishna, Deep and Ambar. I like Indian food. I'm not Love like it's not. Indian food. I like Indian food. It's not my top genre. But I like I like a chicken vindaloo. Like, oh, it, it's it, you know it's it's usually it's typically I like rice. 
a nice chicken tikka masala. Yeah, chicken it's got tikka masala. Masala. I'm sorry. Tikka masala. It's got it's got good spice. It's got good flavor. I love non bread. What what number spice level would you go, Chad? Never I'm go usually, higher than well, five. It, it depends on the place, obviously. Right. I'm usually a like a three or a four. Yeah. Depending on how heavy handed they are. I'm a meat like right. I used to really, really love hot, hot. Yeah. And then when Kelly got pregnant, for some reason, she had a stretch during the pregnancy and, and shortly after where she couldn't do like spicy. Right. And as a result, my spice level dropped drastically because mm -hmm. I so, just wasn't eating it on a regular basis. Are you guys like me where if you go to a non-Western restaurant where if you get spice level, you don't go higher than five because you're afraid of what happens on the other side of five? Yeah. <laughs> to I extent, think that's yeah. what they tell you. Well, too. I think here's here's the thing, though, like. I've gotten to a point. I like spice. Same. But if the spice destroys the taste of the food and all you get is the spice, then no. Like, what, what are you doing? You're just torturing it. Like, you are actively and willingly torturing yourself. I want to feel my mouth. Right. Like, I, you know, I, I don't. No Captain Crunch and no spice. Uh, no, I, I mean, can you imagine went, if you ate Captain Crunch no, in the morning spice. and then had spice at night? Oh man, <laughs> I went. I mean, I went to a, rest, a Thai restaurant the other night here in Athens, and I got a four, and it was it was not not to like where I'm sweating, but like it was it was very spicy. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm getting I'm getting my a, dad a four on a ten scale. My dad is a sweater with spice. Like if my dad gets a bag of Grippos, he needs a towel. <laughs> And what? I'm getting that. really, like, yeah, yeah. Damn. Like if you know, if you get one of them good bags of Grippos, it got, like it, when you pick that, that first tang to it, yeah. that first chip out is like bright red, and you're mm -hmm. like, oh, this this is this one's got a little extra oomph to it. Mm -hmm. My dad needs a towel to like wipe his head. I get excited spice. about that. One. <laughs> I am getting there. Ooh. I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to sweat. Like if I do. One of my favorite things in the world are ballpark nachos with the jalapenos. Yeah. That's one of the greatest delicacies on the planet. You're sweating on those? On If the jalapenos are hot, <laughs> I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to sweat. Like if it's, there are, there are most, most are like mild jalapenos, right? But you'll get some where the jalapenos have some, some oomph to them. I'm on the other and side of that. Where, where I don't want pickled jalapenos anymore. I want, like, fresh jalapenos. Yeah, I don't course, disagree with that. Of course, I'm under 40 and not, like, I mean, I'm, I'm eating Tums, I feel like, at this point, like, every third day. But, yeah. You know <laughs> like how many candy. I want you know it to be, like, I, I'm going to enjoy this until I get to the everyday thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know how many Tums I've eaten in my life? Zero. Don't, Really? That's 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 actually the upset alert. Anybody who had Chad under 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 point five tums, you win. You it win is lifetime. I don't think I've ever had a tums. I have a buddy who we we had hot wings one time, and all of a sudden, like I turned him, I was like, "Steve, how many tums do you have, man?" He's like, "I don't know, like maybe like eight. I was like, 
dude, I don't think you're supposed to eat that many tums. <laughs> Just pounding. I don't think them. I've ever had. I don't think I've ever had a tums. Like I know my limits. I, I am the ultimate know your scouting report guy. I know my scouting report. That's also like, the mailbag. All right. Fine. You can go on. I just thought I'd let you know that's the end. I was like, you guys seem surprised on the Tums thing. So I was expanding. Still surprised. I just don't go over my limit. I know what my, my limitations are and I stay within them. That's all. Like I, I've gone, I am now a medium guy on Buffalo Wakes. What were you before? A mild or a hot? Hot. But I like I just there's some places where the hot is unnecessary. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but there's so some places where, there's some places where the medium is not medium. Yeah, but I don't go to those places. <laughs> Fair? Yeah. I still think Roosters has the best place in the area, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, any gems that you want to drop on us here tonight, Chad, before we move on to our goodbyes? I don't, I don't really have anything tonight, I don't think. This is the closest to three hours we've ever come, unbelievably. And Brady, people are gonna be Brady did a great job. People are going to be pissed when they see a, a podcast that was almost three hours. I don't at know. At the same time, like, there's nothing going on. Eh, right. I mean, it was the biggest weekend in UC's football history. And yeah. we had the say, strength coach. Right. I won't say it was the biggest weekend in UC sports history because they've won a fucking national championship in basketball. Like, that Absolutely. always wins. That makes me want to ask you again, as we are on the other side of it, was this the biggest game in UC's history or was Notre yeah. Dame? This. This, especially with the Oklahoma State loss. Yeah, because because if you beat Notre Dame but lose to Houston, then it's like the then Notre you're Dame in the fucking game Birmingham Bowl. You're yeah. in the Birmingham don't, Bowl. But if you don't beat Notre Dame, you're not even in the in the conversation. Right. Okay. That's that. I, that was where I was last week when we talked about this, and that's where I still am. Is mm-hmm. if you don't beat Notre Dame, Notre Dame echelons you obviously. They're in, and we're out, regardless of what we do otherwise. Right. Even if it's a close one where we lose by one. Let's say we lose by one. So what? You Would you say that they're the biggest two games I of did, the couple? Because I, I, th- I mean, I, I don't think you can have one without the other. Yeah, but exactly. I, I think that I still think that Notre Dame is still the biggest game of, of Cincinnati's history. Mm-hmm. But, but if you lose to Houston, Notre Dame is for naught. But if you lose, it does, to Notre, Notre Dame, Dame doesn't matter. If you lose to Notre Dame, Houston doesn't matter. Okay, but that was first. But you still win this a championship, second. though. You win a championship, and you walked into the college football playoff. Look, Aaron, there was no stress because of that win and the way that they played on Saturday. Agreed. But if you take away the um, Notre Dame win. You still win a championship when you beat Houston, which is a goal that they say they set. So, but that still doesn't make, in my opinion, and we could argue this. Your opinion sucks. That's fine. 
We did have a we did have one more. Maybe too late. It wasn't. Do you think Fick will bring in any coaches to help prepare and analyze Bama? Uh, that's illegal. So no. Hazel, D'Antonio, Beckman, et cetera. No, I don't. I don't. I think he'll ride with his guys. I think they've done pretty well up to this point. Also, will, he call, that, will he call D'Antonio? That, that, that was what I was going to get to. Like, sure. will he reach out to somebody, anybody, yo, 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 like whatever connections he has that are on maybe some staff that face them. But I will say one thing that we did not talk about tonight, and we can get to on some of the other podcasts, maybe as we dig a little deeper into this preview, Arkansas was a three, three, five. Yeah. They gave him problems. Gave him a lot of problems. You have that to look forward to as we dive deeper. Before we go, before we go thoughts on Marcus today. He's a dude. Genuine guy. Very genuine. I fucking love that guy, man. I fucking love that guy. He could he he could have turned the other way and said something to really rile up the Notre Dame fan base, but he kept it the yeah. way he always is. I I hate Notre, I hate Notre Dame. Same. I kind of like I'm a Notre Dame. Dame. I'm a Notre Dame fan. Kind of uh, like him. I won't go that far. I'm a Marcus I, Freeman I fan. I can't. I can't pull against Notre Dame when Marcus Freeman's their head coach. I'm a Marcus I will Freeman not. Fan. Not. A I will Dame. not. Will you root for them to lose games? I won't. Chad, it's kind of like UCLA, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I didn't I didn't dislike UCLA. Yeah, true. I don't I don't think I'll root for Notre Dame as, as much as I did before uh, to lose. Yeah. I, I will want other, Notre I'm Dame unless they're unless they're playing Cincinnati or, or their else. outcome has a direct income right. or a direct impact on Cincinnati. I'll I'll root for Notre Dame. Um, what do you think about something I never thought I would ever, 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 ever say as an avid listener to Dan Levitard, since if anybody is still listening to us after almost three hours, we can do whatever we want. Um, they're talking about Marcus Freeman being a quote zaddy. Um, he is apparently the hottest coach in all of college football, according to Mike Ryan and uh, some other people on Dan Levitard's show. How do you feel yes. about that? He has that many kids for a reason. Like he didn't spit out some twins, right? He didn't. He didn't take the shortcut to the top. <laughs> They've been talking about his new haircut. Looks like he found a new barber. He's got that new fade. Everything looking good. Fills out the uh, the, the 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 Under Armour shirt. Just saying. I mean, I'm not coming up with any of these words. This is me spouting. Everything I've heard this whole entire week from Dan Levitard. Somebody, I was talking to somebody Last today, and I can't remember. It might have been when I was on with, I, no, I don't know who it is. But somebody said they their wife was like, they were talking about Marcus, and their wife was like, is that the hot one? Yep. <laughs> that's the hot one. That's, that's that dude. I'm so fucking happy for him, man. Like, on that. In, in five years, he's going to be one of the three or four biggest names in the country in coaching, along with Luke Fickle. And on that note, we started with Brady. We're ending with Marcus. Do your thing, Brent. Very good. Very good, Aaron. Well, hey, guys, it was a fantastic show. 
a marathon, if you will. A special thanks to our good friend, our pal, the GOAT, Brady Collins. Fourth special- wheel. Yes, yes. Very, very strong fourth wheel we have there. And a special thanks to Danco Transmissions. Special thanks to 513 Shirts. Where can you find them? 513shirts.com. No, uh, I'm at Dan. In Fairfield, next to uh, Jungle Gems. What do you have to mention to, to get the discount? You mentioned the BBP, and they give you a $10 oh, discount. Us. Yeah. Or you can wear one of the 513 shirts. Yeah. Wow. You know what I, you know what I need to do That was do right tomorrow? off the top of the dome. That was you know pretty good. To, you know what I need to do tomorrow? Hmm. I need to call 513 shirts, and I need to get a new 513 shirt with the new BBP logo that goes up tonight from Taylor. Mm-hmm. And that way for Christmas fans can get a BBP shirt. Christmas. Can, can, can we just have them from our dad for Christmas? Merry Chrysler. I'll see what I can do. Merry Christmas. But Hey, more, more hats, but Hey guys, it was fantastic. Another great BBP. My good pals, good friends, partners in crime, PICs, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. I am Brent Young. Yet again, another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See?